What is up, Chomp Nation? Welcome to another edition of the Chompcast. We know life is precious and your time is valuable, so thank you for making our show a part of your day. Hopefully, we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. Just listening to our show gives you that legendary life boon, baby. Those boons you need to survive 2021. Make sure you check out SwordChomp.com if you want easy shortcuts to our merchandise, our Patreon page, written reviews, and tons of other cool content. And uh, make sure you subscribe, of course, if you're listening to the show um, on iTunes in particular. If you can leave a kind five-star rating, that would be awesome. The year was January. <laughs> the year was 2020. B.C. January. I'm sorry. B.C. as in uh, before COVID, if you will. Four white male podcast hosts sat in a digital round table on Skype. It's actually more of a square formation if you look at our pictures, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> yes, records indicate these cronies still use that outdated Skype technology that your grandparents fail to operate properly when they try to call you on every holiday. Skype, you really should be paying us for this crap. Hashtag, it's not an ad. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I know this douche is dropping uh, verbal hashtags, starting the year off on a great note. Um, Anyways, one generic white male host says to the other three generic white male hosts, side note, great job on the diversity, guys. He says, Cyberpunk 2077 just seems too good to be true. The developer, the setting, the world, E3 coverage and hype. It just seems too good to be true. Something has to go wrong. Giggles ensue. That was on Sword Chomp's most anticipated show last year that we recorded before multiple delays and the most fascinating clusterfuck of the year took place in December, 12 months later. Um, and it is also very weird that I'm still playing that game for content uh, all this time later. Right that as is we're recording weird. another one of these shows. Um, Um, Who will predict the next disaster of 2021? What games are we most excited for to get our greasy paws on this year? We will tell you during this epic annual tradition here on the Chompcast, the most anticipated games of the year show. Remember, gentlemen, idle hands spend time at the genitals. That's what Trippy taught me. Oh, we have a ton of games to analyze this show as well. Sackboy cometh the pathless. From the developers of Abzu, Meat Boy Forever has finally arrived after an eternity of waiting. Haven, No Straight Roads, Kentucky Route Zero, Final Fantasy VIII, Hades, and we have a massive poll uh, in lieu of the topic of the show, Elden Ring vs. God of War, that we want to discuss. I know um, someone who has a massive poll. Thank you. Oh, that's Goku. Great. You weren't talking about me. I know. Damn it. You're on Oops All Anime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that voice is the none other than Rich Meister from New York, the one and only. He made it to year two. Congratulations, everybody. Give Rich a round of applause. He made it into the second year of the Chompcast. Uh, a lot of really great stuff going into this year, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, clapping? government. Like over there. Uh, ma- masturbation on the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, PS5 owner. 
Oh uh, yeah, today. Yeah, exciting news. Rich got his PlayStation Five. It has arrived. He he doesn't really want to be here right now. He just wants to be playing his PlayStation. Oh 5. no, I'm losing my connection. Is he I'm losing a, it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got it there, but he needs a friend to help him get it upstairs to to plug it in. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is pretty hefty. I had to have my <laughs> landlord bring it up. Um, yeah, I'm going through a tunnel, so I gotta go. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with the bit the oh no I'm happy to be here but you actually uh, threw me a little bit of a curveball. Let's Let just see. let's wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So b- for that reason, we need this show to be the longest one in Sorchomp history, guys. Okay, so we have a goal now. Uh, <laughs> very simple attainable goal. And Rich, we can see your TV, so you can't pull a fast one on us. <laughs> I could just do it and not care what you think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've some people have done that before who shall remain nameless. It was Shay, um, I know. I was here. <laughs> shower, shower. <laughs> um, I've never speaking done of that Shay, before. That's a lie. There was definitely no Darkest Dungeon uh, being played on podcasts. That's, I've never uh, done that. Certainly I've never played Super Smash Brothers on my Switch, which is right next to my camera, so it looks like I'm looking at you guys while we're talking. I've certainly I've never, never done that. I've never done that either. And I definitely have never tried going through a run of Hades while we are currently discussing Hades on the podcast. I would definitely never do that. I don't do those things either. Look, despite what you're hearing, please still go to Patreon and support us. Patreon.com. We take this very seriously, obviously, as you can tell, uh, the listener. Um, yeah, we have a ton of anticipated games to talk about today. Uh, I tried. Shay was really excited about the show. I tried to cancel. I was like, "Do we even really need to do this show?" He's like, "Hey, no! This is my favorite show of the year." So uh, that got vetoed really quick. Um, but yeah, glad you're here, Shay, joining us from Japan. A cut of fuckable meat, if you will. That's right. I'm here. Um, I actually really enjoyed your intro. Um, it was it was probably one of my favorite intros of yours in quite some time. I, I oh, wanted wow. to say that. I want to get out here and let you know that. Very good intro. It's very, it's very like self-effacing. Is that the right word? Where basically you acknowledged all of our shortcomings in one quick monologue, and I really enjoyed that. Short, yeah, shortcomings uh, is one way of looking at it. Yeah, um. yeah. yeah our, our potential room or areas for growth, and I want to get it out there now before uh josh goes next because i have a feeling he'll do it before me but um ghost rider <laughs> mm. uh, were you gonna do that josh was that your plan I, when we brought up the game probably probably not uh in the intro oh yeah yeah i i wanted i wanted to be first i i wanted to be that guy game <laughs> first you're last mm-hmm. rick and bobby oh. Uh, Josh, uh, that was a movie for from... all those uh, mo- not millennials, but uh, Gen Z that are currently listening. Thank you. True, it's a big part of our audience for sure. Um, Joshua Fowler joining us for this amazing show from Michigan. Josh, I know is excited about this because there's so many AAA games to talk about. And we all know Josh just loves AAA content. Um, also, J- Josh, I know you're excited about this. You know what can we anticipate more in 2021 than? Cyberpunk 2077 again. Uh, hopefully, we will finally see that game mm-hmm. finished. Um, I know you're excited. They've got to finish that. it at some point. No, let's not. <laughs> Maybe. Is that too hopeful? I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm an optimist. Glass half empty. Mm. 
I just realized that I can still like broken, unfinished games, and that really is a, a terrible thing to realize. That's, well, that's good news for Ubisoft. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just it makes you realize. Um, by the way, I'm Morgan here from Montana, General Montana. Makes you realize sometimes if you're enjoying something, how much crap you put. It's like in a relationship where the sex is good, but you really just hate each other, and you're like, "How much am I this crap? Am I going to put up with?" To just mm, you know, the get, emotions uh, of love and hate are very similar in terms of passion. A uh, good hate fuck is certainly worth your time. Thank you. I'll get that on the bumpers. <laughs> you're a good hate fuck. Certainly, certainly worth your time. Uh-huh. This is true. This is true. The the um the line between love and hate, razor thin, wire thin, if you will. A ghost wire. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Get it? Ghost. Boo. Oh shit! Damn. Segways are weird. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I was trying to salvage that any way I could. It's like, um, yeah, it's like, you know, planes going down and you're just praying for a miracle at that point to try and salvage something or at least you could just try and like court instead of like wasting your time with that. I feel like in that situation, someone should really try and like course correct the plane and pull it out of a nosediver. No, that means the podcast will end sooner and you'll get to your PlayStation five. So I don't know. We just can't. Do it. Just can't. There's nothing I'm you can do much. to avoid this tragedy. Just yeah. can't look away. That that's actually a review on our iTunes page, Josh. That's what it said. There's nothing you can do to avoid this tragedy. Mm-hmm. So just listen to it and give them five stars. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, Rich, I am super happy for you. This is a very exciting day, week weekend for you. Hopefully, you'll be feeling better, and you'll be getting a lot of PlayStation Five impressions um, that we can talk about in a month. <laughs> because because yeah if you're listening we have game of the year starting next week and it's gonna be incredible time so yeah rich you're right so just charge that up do you like for 15 or 20 seconds here do you have a brief first impression just looking at it setting it up you know the the first blush uh yeah i i learned because of the data transfer uh today i learned where the power button is on the ps4 pro (laughs) All right. And you put your disc in upside down, right? Yeah, okay. Actually, that's a great first impression to give. Let's talk about that. Anyone who's got a PS5, I want to know if you have a similar problem. I have my PS5 standing up. That disc drive is fucking weird. It seems like the way you're supposed to put the disc in is wrong. I put the disc for Demon Souls in upside down three times because I was like, there's no fucking way. And, And now here we are. Yep. No, that's they designed the thing like a like a filter feeder. Just skims the discs up off your off of your It's, gr- it's wait, what game was that rich? Demon Souls. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What was it called? Demon Souls. See? I did the same thing. It's actually called Demon's Souls. Yes. You said Demon Souls. Demon Souls. Demon's Souls. Demon's Souls. Yeah, once you make yes. it plural, you don't have to <laughs> put the extra S in there, just like saying Jesus. It's it's just it's funny because I think most people just refer to it as demon souls, but it's actually demon souls with yeah, an no. apostrophe and an S in it. Yes, because it's possessive. The yes, souls belong. But I'm to just the saying demon. that I don't think most people think of it that way. I know it's a small dumb thing, but I'll no, no, no. I, 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 I don't think you're wrong about that, but it has always been demon souls. Interesting, right? Kind of. Yeah. Guys, it's I a, just tuned back in. Are we talking about semen sales? <laughs> no, we were talking about semen hose, 
which is um a new brand <laughs> of hose. The semen out of your ear I'm, if that's what you I, heard. I'm so. selling a new brand of garden hose that is uh Sprinkles guaranteed your to be able to luscious flowers with buckets of semen. To be able to pass even viscous semen. Mm. Um that's Ooh. just how oh. how strong it is. When Without you line up viscous as an adjective, <laughs> you're really, you're really cracking the up. O- the the o- <laughs> the only kink in your bedroom <laughs> should be your own. <laughs> oh, no. Siemens hose. That's what she said. All right, I got the quote out of the way. Now, Um, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen, you get started, and I will eat these chips loudly into the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) You actually sound, Rich, you actually sound a lot when you do that voice. You sound a lot like the penguin from Madagascar. All right, penguins, let's go. You know what I'm talking about? I don't think um, he's ever said the thing you just said, but I'll take your word for it. Um, God, I can't remember that. That's the leader penguin who's like. I really hope he refers to them as penguins because I'm gonna start doing that to you guys and be like, "All right, white guys, let's let's get to podcasting." Send you a clip. <laughs> we'll get you on that impression. Uh, so yeah, it's a fun show day. Most anticipated games of the year. The the point, whole point of this thing is to try and grab a collection of games we're interested in and games we think you're interested in, and sort of anticipate how we what we want from them, what we hope from them, and what we think will happen. But obviously, those things change drastically. I mean, just look at Cyberpunk last year, or even something like The Last of Us Two that I. I had never even played the first game or uh, Doom Eternal. There were so many interesting things we talked about last year when we kind of did our retrospective. So this show should just be, it's, it's just supposed to be a lot of fun. And then we have a ton of games to talk about as well. Now, I wanted to kick it off. We're not going to do a tr- traditional poll here because um, this is such a long show. We didn't want to get bogged down with all the usual polls we normally do. That was a decision that we made. And I ran a bunch of polls this week on the at Swordchomp Instagram page. And I will briefly mention those next week because they're mostly for fun. And the game of the year voting will start next week as well. But the one poll that I did want to discuss to kick this whole big thing off um, was, of course, what game was most anticipated for our Sword Chomp audience. And that poll was between God, the God of War sequel and Elden Ring. And it came back 75-25 for the God of War sequel, um, which wasn't surprising to me, but only surprising because Elden Ring was... Uh, the most anticipated game at the Game Awards, it's, which I think was also fan voted as well, which is also so incredibly weird, surprising. Because um, Elden Ring, yes, not, I could, as far I, as I can tell, I, it's not a video game. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty damn good trailer, but uh, it's yeah, no, I mean, it, it's an uh, okay. Trailer. Even it wasn't that good of a trailer. <laughs> it leaves a lot to the imagination. But George R. R. Martin has sh- assured me it's coming, and he's a man of his word. Clearly. Mm. Um, so I will say this, uh, as we talk about these two massive games here, as far as God of War, I want to know what your excitement or concerns are. I will say for me, when I was looking this up to, to get confirmation, it does indeed say 2021 in the, uh, trailer, um, Mm -hmm. for the game. Now, of course we know these things can change obviously, uh, with COVID and a lot of these games can very well be delayed. Wouldn't be a huge surprise, but the fact that they were bold enough to announce that even with everything going on in COVID and to put that 2021 right there in the trailer does seem like they're fairly confident about the game. Now, no, nah, I question, don't think so. I, well, I, I think history will tell us that means that uh, the people who want to cash the checks really want them to ship it then. Well, let's say hypothetically it does come out at the end of the year because it wouldn't be the early part of the year. Would you, you guys? Would you have to have any concern that a game of this magnitude has only been in development for about two years, um, as opposed to a lot of these more memorable AAA games that are like in development for a long time? Unless you know what I mean, because it's God of War was twenty eighteen, 
So anyways, go ahead. Take it away. I think that they are likely going to reuse a lot engine-wise to uh, try to cut down on what they actually need to develop moving to the next game. Um, I I don't think they need to change a lot given how well the first was received and how the story is basically just a continuation of a single story at this that's, point. That's certainly possible. Um, I think the biggest roadblock there would act, uh, in part being a conversion of graphic graphics from PS4 to PS5 and I guess performance to make it higher performance, but to some degree. I th- I th- when I think about like God of War being announced, the sequel being announced um, so quickly, I think that there was probably already some level of production being done on Ragnarok at that point. You know, you look at something, granted, two totally different uh, media forms, but you look at the Lord of the Rings movie trilogy and how those movies were pretty much shot entirely before um, that game, or before the first movie even came out, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, maybe they had a system in place where they were laying the groundwork for the, like the ideas, well, so that by the time it came to start actually working, well, on I'm it, sure yeah. they had storyboards. I, I think what Shay Moore means, and I, I would think he's right at this point. Like that game was an unprecedented success. Like I am sure Santa Monica has been working on this for longer than we realize. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm sure they hit the ground running with it, and then you combine that with what Josh said, like. When you have the engine, when you have a team that's already familiar with the yeah. story you're making and the type of game you're making, a lot of stuff goes faster. Exactly. Yeah. I think that uh, it, it's probably going to depend on some of the stuff they've got, you know, like system aside, but moving to the PS5, since they aren't going to need so many loading tricks to make it seamless, it could just be more impressive by virtue of we don't have to waste your time crawling through. Less trees to lift up. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, with basically a lot of the rest of the stuff running fairly similarly. Um, yeah. What if I threw this crazy prediction at you guys, uh, Josh? And again, this is my first bad prediction of the show, and I hope I'm wrong. What if, because the development times are about the same, it was like a $40 spinoff along the lines of Miles Morales? Will never happen. I, I don't I- think so with them. Um, because Spider-Man was built on the same engine and it took two years to get Miles Morales out and ready for the PS5. And it's not completely un... Miles Morales also wasn't technically like, it wasn't exclusively a PS5 game. And I don't think God of War lends itself to that type of storytelling. Like maybe one more spinoff with the boy and then the next real sequel will be when he's older or whatever. I, 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 I don't see that happening. Okay. I was just curious why. I just throwing no, it out I, there. No, no, I, can, I, I think from the story they told in the first one, it, it was 100% a first act. They probably have the yeah. entire thing, if not written, like scripted out. At least the out. big beats, At least yeah. the bones of it have to be done. Um, they knew what they were making, like a trilogy from the get. Yeah. <laughs> a a trilogy where it's, yeah, it's it's just... Like the one story. I, I have to assume everything is a trilogy at this point. That they're like, yeah, we're 
this is going to sell. We're going to get th- at least three games to tell this big story yeah. we want to tell. Everything is a trilogy. Our Game of the Year shows will be a trilogy. Next week will be mm-hmm. week one, part one. Then you have week two and week three. Yep. Left ball, right ball. Where is he? <laughs> Left ball, right ball, and, and the eyeball? <laughs> and one, and two, and three. Yep, they're all here. Sometimes there's things that are just really crass that make my wife cringe, and I like to say them just because of that. It's not like my terminology I would normally use. And one of them is brown eye. If I refer to a butthole as a brown eye, it really makes her squeamish. Um, and I don't know why. So weird. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. That's how I was shit. Usually I can launch into a poop joke and Shay gets really excited. I'm, I'm sorry. We're just going to um, let that breathe. I, I just want to scold <laughs> let your that wife for being such a prude. But, um, <laughs> it's your wife, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know my Yeah, wife, no, thanks. I'm sitting there like, we can crap all over you, but. I, I, we don't know exactly where the line is of making fun of That's your wife. That's a good point. That's so. a good point. I yeah. brought her into the, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, I you brought her, her in the conversation. The... You weren't trying to make it so we felt like we had to poo-poo on any of her statements, you know? Yeah. It's there pretty it fucked up that you did it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Rich, you didn't right. keep the poop jokes going. No, Josh I didn't really want to, you know. You fucked it up. Rich, Rich is mentally just on his PlayStation 5 right now. He's swimming in Demon Souls. No, dude, that's not even where I am right now. My fucking head is pounding. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'll take my dick out of your ear. Well, yeah, I, I, appreciate regret, it. I regret saying that the second it came. <laughs> Do you hear the hesitation in my voice as I was saying it? I was mid-saying it. I was like, why am I saying this? It's it's not that it's in his ear, it's the fact that it fit in his ear that was really impressive. That was to like me. some really bad improv and the rest of the group was like, What? It was like it was like <laughs> Yes, if, and my dick's in your ear. <laughs> that's that's like if they picked four random people out of a crowd to do whose line is it anyways, that's exactly what it would devolve into right there. Yeah. Um, you guys just got a showcase of something very terrible. Let's move on with our day together. The um the only thing that kinda of bummed me out when I was reading about it is that it was supposed to be he, Corey Barlog has dropped hints. It's going to be like a little a colder location potentially. And I'm like, I don't want more snow. What? God damn it! But I I know that's the sort these sort of things. I mean, just, and Norway, this, the, the this, colder location. Cold, a cold. Yes, what he said. A colder location via Games Radar. Um, there's a whole article about it, like sort of alluding to. Oh, his I think okay. I'm I'm guessing he means it's going to take place in Jotunheim. Hmm. Who knows? But that's like, my yeah, guess. I just, because I wasn't yeah. thinking in terms of actual mythological locations, but we did go to different realms in the first yeah. game. So yeah, we were I would there guess some, it... but it would make sense to have more of a focus there. Yeah, did we ever go to Jotunheim? We went to Helheim. We went to Alfheim. No, no, it was on the map, but we didn't go there. We didn't go there. So I'm gonna maybe it might be a bigger part of the next game. Is my assumption? Yeah, it could be. Because again, assuming they're gonna be having basically the same engine. They had like a bunch of stuff like, hey, look, look at all the places you could go. And then like half of them were not. You only went to game. about. So, yeah, the, um, the bigger ones were like Helheim, Alfheim and Midgard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To your larger point, though, like I was just seeing Alana post because she got Alana Pierce got a job as a writer at Santa Monica Studios. She was just posting literally today about them hiring writers. So I, I would not be surprised if that thing does not come out this year. Well, to tell you the oh. truth, uh, in studios like that, oftentimes they're bringing on a lot of writers in the middle of production to write things like side content or polish up mm-hmm. some lore stuff. Yeah. Um, like they're often people. There's a ton of writing all yeah. over the place that you kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. 
But I, yeah, I don't know. And I just think that it comes out this year. I'm just worried that it won't be quite as ambitious as I was hoping it'd be. But who knows? Maybe I, I don't I'll know. Be wrong. I, st- I think, again, I don't think they're going to like. I, I'm assuming it's the same engine. I, I don't think they've PS5, said that, though. but like, I, I, I think, I think the first, it played so well that I would play. Yeah. That game, game felt that great. That's true, but like um, Shay was saying, it makes you wonder how much work is involved in making it sparkle on the PlayStation Five, even on that engine. I don't know. I don't. Have I don't the answer, know. I guess just... it depends how closely that thing was tuned to, um, the PS4. The, the so PS4's like, hardware, yeah, yeah, to their hardware, or if it's something that could be, you know, adapted easily, just kind of upscaled. Well, and that's the thing when a game is this revered, one of the most revered games ever made, like for a lot of people, it's you know there's a lot of expectation there. So you don't want to just put out something that like is fine. You really want to like well, a lot of sequels. You know, I hope it takes a lot of is some of the best stand, games ever made are too. reusing yeah. engines. I mean, Majora's mask, fallout, new Vegas, like there's Majora's precedent. Mask not only for, reuses the engine, it reuses so many assets. Yeah. There's precedent <laughs> for making really cool stuff when you don't have to focus on just getting the thing to work as much. I, I agree with that. I agree. Also, typically, you know, you you have to assume the team knows how to get more out of that engine at that point. They're learning new tricks there. Probably. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, yeah, just for, you know, it's not completely relative, you know, Ocarina of Time was released in, what, November of 1998? Um, and Majora's right. Mask was not sure released about the month, but yes. in yeah. April of 2000, so about that time. About you know about a back in the day games they could crank games out so fucking yeah. fast it's kind of insane, um and yeah anyways. not not all of that was even development because I think they gave them a couple months before they were like oh yeah this is doing extremely well make us another um, yeah we didn't get the instantaneous sort of numbers we get nowadays yeah where they it's yeah. it's not assumed you're immediately moving on to a sequel like like I, I'm I'm sure they immediately moved on oh yeah like when you finished it. When you finished a game in 98, they were like, everybody put the stuff on your desk in boxes just to save time in case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was I watched that video the other day of Corey Barlock, who made the God of War game, for, for those people out there that don't think the Metacritic matters. Um, he was, uh, they have a video of Corey Barlock reading the reviews for God of War when it first came out, and he's actually crying. Like, he's actually crying the video. Like, he's very emotional. And uh, I would imagine as soon as, those, as soon as the Metacritic dropped for that, they're like, well... They got like a 95 Metacritic. We can start green light that sequel. <laughs> okay. So, um, but yeah, it's a, actually a really sweet video if someone hasn't well, seen it. Um, I don't know. Again, I assume that they were, that was green lit completely regardless of what anyone thought. It, yeah. It I, been, I, I yeah, would imagine I they, they pretty much knew they were good to go no matter what, like on things yeah. like pre-orders alone. And yeah. they, they may have changed direction with it after the fact, but I'm sure it was already. It might have much changed guaranteed. direction enough to know, oh, we're definitely going to get that third game now, too. Um, yeah. I As far as Elden Ring goes, yeah, I, I personally, that's extremely high sorry, for what me is because that? I... Elden Ring? I'm, I think you mean Elden's Rings. It's, <laughs> no, there's, it's, there's a plural in there. A lot of people miss that. It's Yeah, that's crazy. Elden. The name of the character oh. is Elrond, and Come it's on, the Lord that's a of nice the Rings. <laughs> Demons, um, demons, souls. Um, the Elden Ring looks, I mean, if it's an open world game with, you know, some of the things that make uh, Dark Souls great and some of the writing aspects that make, you know, Game of George R. R. Martin stuff great, then I, I mean, that seems like 
a dream come true, but obviously we've learned that dream come trues often are, are just that. So, uh, dreams. Yeah. The only uh, thing I hope they take from George R. R. Martin would be that like you change main characters like eight times because your character keeps getting killed. <laughs> that, that would fit this, the, the the whole world, wouldn't it? I I do like the idea of something like that, almost like a Dead Souls kind of thing, where it's like you 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 die and then you have to start like a whole new body. But you're, you're playing as this guy now, yeah. Or that's almost I would like much that rather Bastards you don't you actually give like no progression, like you just try to tune the game that way. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, because I mean, they almost did that with Sekiro, with very very little that you're actually upgrading in that game. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there, there's tons of there's stuff to upgrade, but a lot of it is not like power increase type stuff. A lot of it is tools and stuff. Yeah. Like more options. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious also, to see how that also with that is that is one of the most traditional stories they've told and they did a good job with it, which is kind of that, that also gives me hope for a more traditional type story than, um, a well, lot if of you're their attaching, other stuff where there's just a ton, ton of lore, but very little story. Littles. If you're attaching someone like Martin, I imagine like he, he, you have a vision for like a story you want to tell mm. more so than anything. Yeah, I agree with that, but I would like I kind of like the protagonist not being a thing. I don't know. I wasn't. I, there was nothing wrong with Sekiro, but like I, I don't know. Like the protagonist was to me just seemed fine. Like I, I don't know. I just. I feel like it was kind of nicer when it was sort of an empty shell. But if they can pull it off, look, I, I, as all for not limiting yourself. Um, most of those games don't have like a name protagonist. So I'm all for crying in the shower. <laughs> in your uh, jean shorts. Yeah, great. Uh-huh. Good, good callback. Good callback. But yeah, final note. I just want to see how that translates to an open world because all those games are like kind of open worldy, like Sekiro, Bloodborne. They're like it's like a giant space with like weaving pathways that all connect. But like they're the promise of this is more of a true open world, but with those same elements that make those games great. The yeah. from software games. I those, don't. I don't. Uh, I don't see how that works. I honestly. don't think those things mesh together at, at all either. Um, Oh, negative Nancy's over here. Well, I'm just like, <laughs> it's not what I want out of that. I I can see them doing it. I'm just I'm not sure how it will. I'm not sure if it's going to actually be open world. If it's just going to be like a very large Metroidvania, kind of like yeah. they've done some of the others, and and then call that open world. Um, because I mean they are open worlds. Um, you can go wherever you want in Dark Souls, um, and something also you totally can't because, like, I mean, Dark Souls is the one that they've done kind of the the most with this of the idea of just you go wherever you want, um, with what one load screen in there. There's only like two actual maps that you're swapping between. Yeah. Um. So if they could expand on that idea have no loading between the the entire thing and have it yeah. just be huge like that i mean i you, they've got ways to or not ways but like they've got history of making a game like that and just a larger world like dark souls i would love to see um i just i don't it's not that i don't think it'll do a good job it's, it's i'm more worried about 
I'm worried about the, like a lot of the baggage that open world brings with it. And I'm, I'm hoping they're using that just to mean it's big. Um, yeah. Cause that's, that's like more the, what I want. The see. largest world they've done is more intriguing than going, it's a true open world because what does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even then, if it's a big world, I just hope it has purpose for being a large world because mm-hmm. I, I think that very well could be boring if you're just, if there's a massive world and you're just going to fight tough thing after tough thing, but there's a lot of travel time in between that. And yeah. it's it's without purpose. You look at something like, um, obviously a slightly weird comparison, but you look at something like Shadow of the Colossus, where there is a lot of travel time in between going to each colossi, but there's a purpose for it because it's supposed to be meditative and calming and it's supposed to be contemplative. It's about the contemplation, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if if they're if they're making a game like Elden Ring, like I'm really excited for the game. I'm also a little hesitant, of course, like yeah. uh Josh and Rich are, but I I guess my main concern is if a game is that big and it's supposed to play in a similar style to the games that they uh mentioned previously. I just hope that there's a purpose for the world being that big. And I'm hoping it's something like, kind of like Bloodborne, where people were still discovering secrets about that game years and years later. I think yeah. that would be really cool. Yeah, and I, I guess another part of my hesitation is that the areas where it is really open in Souls games kind of suck. Like, a, a lot of the forests and swamps where... Are the least appealing places just, to be. Yeah, they're, they are the least interesting areas in those games a lot of the time and so the idea of more of that doesn't sound so good um yeah. so I'm, I'm hoping they just mean bigger like just bigger scale than see weirdly enough space. like i really liked like the forest and swampy places in like bloodborne i actually really like those places a lot um i think in bloodborne, I, I do they had a little that... better idea of how to do it because they in, in screwed it up dark a lot and... souls and Demon Souls, like the bog in Demon Souls, is the worst part of that game. Oh, the dark, yeah, Dark Souls three. That bog was hell. I hated that place. Um, but yeah, yeah, meditative in Like if they're actually capture a level of like calmness in between, like the stress of those battles, that would be interesting. Um, so yeah. Anyways, seventy five percent of our audience uh, went with God of War, which is probably the reflective of this room because I think I'm on the Elden Ring page, but you guys are probably on the God of War page if I had to guess, right? Yeah, for me yes, definitely. But I think more of a technicality as far as I think God of War is actually coming out this year. Uh, I, and I <laughs> that yeah that and for me like God of War is a known quantity. Like even if it ends up being like that was fine. Like I know I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, and I want to see more of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of uh, same here. I I I absolutely want to see the second act of of this first God of War game that they've decided to cut in three parts. Well, if it works for Final Fantasy VII, it's mm-hmm. good enough for Kratos. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. So thank you, everyone, for voting on the Chomp Instagram page. Again, I'm fast and loose with this. You know, if if I agree with the voters that vote, then they're brilliant. And if I disagree, then they're morons. I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, that uh, seems right. Yeah. Uh, That's how I'd do it. All right. Um, let's switch it up a little bit with a smaller game here. We have something called a Kenya on the list. I don't know what this is. That's uh, a country. <laughs> Mm. Yes, Kenya is a country. Have you seen them throwing the... shade at us? Uh, no, is it Kenya? How how's it pronounced? Kenna, Kenna. There you go. You got Kenna? it, buddy. 
Bridge of Spirits, a game I have no, I'm not, I'm just kidding. I have heard of this, but I just found out right before the show that you guys want to discuss it. So tell me why you're excited for Kenna Bridge of Spirits. I just remember being really fucking blown away by that trailer. Um, I'm gonna watch it right now. Like the the, the art of everything, like that world just looks inviting as hell. It looks charming, and it, it just it was one of those things that just made me happy to be watching that trailer. Yeah, yeah. Like, how couldn't you love like, that? Look Morgan? at that. How yeah. couldn't you love look that? Look at him. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking adorable. Look at oh, that. Oh, that's the okay. That's the game we were talking about. Yeah. I I was just trolling you before the show. I couldn't remember for for those for those of you listening, which is everyone. Uh, Josh is holding. Josh up is holding up a baby version of the Grimace from McDonald's <laughs> Land. Uh, I mean, they're cute. I wouldn't. I'm not over the moon, but they're cute. They're cute. There's a there's a ton of those little furry creatures in the trailer. Yeah. Um, so what is the purpose of them in the game? The Josh, purpose of them know? in the game is, from everything they've shown, sort of a adventure game ish adventure RPG. It's it's somewhere between Pikmin and uh, Golden Sun as far as collecting Which all these things. Both with, sound great with you know, like their <laughs> their own little forest spirit powers to uh, to help you in battle and it it looks like puzzling slash platforming through the areas. Um, God, I miss Golden Sun. I know, right? Josh <sighs> was a big Golden Sun guy. It's all he yeah, was real big. I on was Golden until Sun. they finally finished it. When I played the DS one that was supposed to be yeah. wrapping everything, it. Uh, I'll just take so the sad. first. I'll just take the first two on a Switch collection, please. Yeah, yeah, that's what you need. Yeah, just the first two. Just pretend, pretend the other one didn't happen. You know the thing about Golden Sun to me, I was I wasn't particularly moved by like the gameplay, the story, but like technically on like the Game Boy Advance, those games looked insane. It was, it was like that's just it. I feel like not enough people talk about that. And, like that was the killer. RPG for the GBA for me, like those games. Oh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, but I'm with you. Golden Sun was better. Te- yeah. Well, technically, so yes, technically it was. But gameplay, hey, technically, gameplay, Golden Sun was much better. Was better, yeah. Like they again because they had the really interesting thing. Technically, of Josh. The uh... yeah, Kenna looks. It looks. It looks nice. I just yeah. watched the trailer. It does look very pretty. The way she was wandering around that look boat. Pretty? I was I was getting like weird Star Fox sixty four vibes for some reason. I don't know. It's a strange or sorry, the GameCube Star Fox game where you had that like stick and you were Star Fox around. Adventures. Yeah, I was getting a weird vibe. I've that been really wanting to go back and play that again lately. That was if a someone, weird thing, wasn't if it? If someone yeah. uh, subscribes to the Patreon for a hundred dollars, I will uh, play through Star Fox Adventures. A hundred dollars. What a deal! <laughs> All right. Well, he, <laughs> Dude, that that was a weird thing where they were like, "Let's make Star Fox Zelda, guys. This will be fun." Well, that it game is, didn't that yeah. that did not start development as a Star Fox game. It started development as a game called Dinosaur Planet. Um, <laughs> no, why are you laughing? This is real because it, it's funny. <laughs> it started as an it was developing wow. <laughs> an N sixty four game called Dinosaur Planet, and uh-huh. they were worried it was not going to sell, so they ended up attaching the Star Fox IP to it and retooling it for the GameCube. Yeah, now having all those sexy foxes in there. Yeah, they were like, hey, what if there were, like, a bunch of foxes that people could draw, like, you know, with big tits and shit? And they were like, wow, that's a great idea. In fact, we already got some really sexy foxes, and they got sexy frog friends. Wait, wait, wait. There's big big titties in that game? 
Yeah. Do you not remember the other playable character? Oh man, I need to get. I need to go check it. The out. new member of Team Star Fox going forward. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um. Anyways, but yeah, Kenna looks. It looks. Tri- so the developer are they? Are you familiar with anything they made, or is this like their first? This big... is their first thing. Well, first game. Um. They Ember worked Lab. in. They okay. worked in animation on other things before, but not. Uh. Not in games. Oh. Okay. Okay. So they've done. So they, oh, yeah. weird. Well, the like mm, the the founders worked in it worked in other things, and so so they. Oh, making this okay. new studio to make yeah. games. It's kind of cool that they're pivoting. And it's cool, too, that um, they decided to make a game that's kind of slightly serious and fascinating in terms of subject matter. The whole uh, fer- fairing deceased spirits or deceased uh, souls from yeah. the physical to the spirit realm. I think that's really cool, and that's something that we've kind of seen... As a trend in gaming the past year or two. So Spirit it's going to be interesting to see how they have a different take or a different spin on it. I really need to finish Spirit Fair. You do. It's really good. It's a kind I of a time Josh, sink, I was like, hey, but, but do I need to finish a... that? Is it going to be in your top five? But he didn't, he didn't give me a yes or no. Well, it's, I think you've seen enough to know what it is, probably. But uh, it takes, so it's another one of those games. There have been a lot of games I've mentioned this year that are they require a lot of time from you, but they're just kind of slower meditative Worth, things. Yeah. But that's just it. Like it's it, really what chill. I played of it. And I was pretty far in, like it was one of those games. I like, I would play for like an hour and then just kind of reflect on a lot of the shit. Like it was just a really well-written game. Mm-hmm. Um, now I will try and sell you on this Shay because you're going to be the consumer. That's never heard of this, but although it's getting a lot of traction, I know rich and, and Josh were talking about it. Uh, that 12 minutes game Shay. Okay. Check this out. It's an interactive thriller about a man trapped in a time loop. Not to be confused with Death Loop, of course. <laughs> Which is about two, two people trapped in a time loop. Yeah. Um, 12 Minutes is a real-time, top-down interactive thriller with an accessible click-and-drag interface. What should be a romantic evening with your wife turns into a nightmare when, the police, when a police detective breaks into your home, accuses your wife of murder, and beats you to death, only for you to find yourself immediately How out of returned. character for a policeman. Mm. <laughs> that could have been why it was delayed. It could be done. They're just like, not now, not now. I mean, so is this is this body cam footage of a white police officer entering a an African American's home, or is this an actual game? It. I think it's a game, but just because I saw that it's top down. Oh, uh, okay. So it's it's the security cam footage in the house catching it, just to yeah. make sure the body cams aren't turned off. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Only for you to immediately find yourself returning the exact moment you open the front door, Groundhog's Day, stuck in a 12-minute time loop. Now, here's the crazy thing, Shay. This game features voice acting from James McAvoy, your twin, Daisy Ridley, Star Wars, William Defoe, and more. Willem Defoe. Will, Willem. Ah, Willem. Fuck. It's Will I Am. A lot of people mess this up. It's Will, Will I Am. Will Will I Defoe, am Defoe, obviously. <laughs> Willem Defoe. Um... That thing looks really cool. Check it out if you haven't heard of it. It's like a top-down sort of Groundhog's Day thing. The only the thing that intrigued me was that they got cast people like like they got Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe and uh, James McAvoy. That's expensive shit. You know what I mean? That seems pricey for for a smaller game. So, um, it seems neat. It sounds interesting. It, it kind of reminds me like very loosely conceptually of the game that indie game Minute that came out. I mean, it's the same premise of where. 
basically you're stuck in a time loop as well. I mean, and that, yeah. that game's not mm-hmm. the first one to have done it by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, Minute I think a... for a closer to one to one, I mean, obviously, well, not obviously, I assume there's going to be just like a matter of finding additional information and more additional information I'm to, to the point where it's something more along the lines of like sexy brutal or uh or ghost trick which is kind of two of the other fig- ghost trick i how... really liked i never pl- got around to sexy brutal i remember us talking about it yeah. but uh to bring it back further i i really like ghost trick yeah i i'm actually kind of surprised to hear morgan that you're excited about this game because i mean that's kind of what hades does it's a loop and <laughs> We've been privately having conversations about how you've been getting more and more frustrated about having to play a loop game such as Hades. So I'm kind of surprised to hear that you're excited about this game. No, I, I love Hades. I just, it's fucking hard. And it's, this doesn't look like it's going to, it's hard as fuck. I mean, I don't well, know. This, just... this game's not going to be hard as fuck because basically, if a police officer's coming in to kill you, there's minimal resistance you can have in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. It lines no, up pretty much. You've got 12 it's... minutes to figure out how to blackmail a cop. <laughs> it, it's an interesting do- yeah well we can talk about the haste of later um uh shay actually it's funny that you mentioned that minute game because um my wife is actually stuck in a one minute long time loop a sex loop hmm. always just lasts one minute long hmm. that's not it's di- it's a different disappointment every time so it's different yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not like it's not like disappointment sex groundhog day it's more like disappointment life Sex yeah, the, every the disappointment's the exclamation point at the end of the day. Um, no matter but, what happens, like even this, when I'm soft, I still ejaculate at the 59 seconds. If second I'm being mark, real, really Morgan, weird. I think you can improve your time. I think you could be quicker. <laughs> Remember that scene from Along Came Polly where Ben Stiller is like trying to clench his toes and he's like, oh, I beat my personal record. Ooh. And he's like pounding his friends. No, I, I know that I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Out of all the scenes in the movies I can memorize, that's not one of them. Yeah, well, the scene that in that movie that actually happened to me was where he floods uh, her toilet. Like, you ever been at a date's house and accidentally start to flood their toilet? It's very stressful and embarrassing. Um, no, uh, I, I, you know, I only go pee like at a date's toilet if it's like a new budding relationship, and I, I save my shit for home. I only well, unless you can tell your bowling body alley. To- I mean, Rich has told us for the show, if your body has to go, you got to go. You can't tell it not to go. I mean, right. if it's like an immediate, like, I got to go now situation, sure. Yeah. But if it's yeah, one that I can reasonably hold until I can go to the nearest convenience store, I'm going to do that. I also would not go on a date in the current health I am in. Yeah. Well, no, but Shay, what if you want to hold it for later, but that night you're going to get some, so you don't want to leave, you know? So and you, you find the, the nearest convenience, convenience store. store. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to go get us some drinks. Is there anything you want? Oh, no. Okay, I'll be right back. Yeah. Drop There's... the shit. Come back. I'm you glad you gave him an excuse that he would actually use, and not something completely unrealistic like condoms, Shay. You I'm go always the... afraid Morgan <laughs> would never relate. Is there a panda I'm always afraid that if I leave, they'll come to their senses and they won't want to have sex with me anymore. So. That's probably well, also you know, a reasonable thing. Is that fragile? <laughs> She probably shouldn't be with you in the first place. Actually, there's a trick. She probably you go to the can do better. If you go in the bathroom lady's house, they like immediately just start flushing it because you don't want any stench in there. So the second it hits the water, you flush it. That's the first flush. Um, Morgan, have some sort of like Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. pocket Look. scent that you can release in the room. Maybe like a, uh, you spray some, oh you know, goodness. I carry 
No, Columbus you bring like a small backpack with you, and then it's Look like, oh, like I'm not bring bringing a stuff Coke to stay over. It's you. just like, like you know, like my like my book. Like if I want to write, if I have inspiration, you have a nice little thing of spray in there. So if you go to a woman's house and you drop a deuce, you have like a little travel bottle for breeze or something, and spray it in her bathroom. Gotta be Maybe prepared for this shit. Sure, the sure cinnamon buns. You've been too. You've been out of the uh, out of the bachelor like the single game for far too long. I don't do I, that like Shay though. I just carry pockets full of rose petals. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I took a shit. <laughs> you actually go into her living room. <laughs> I took a shit. A, <laughs> You're like releasing the rose petals. From and she she doesn't even know what the fuck I'm saying. She's just like, what's happening? Um, <laughs> she's like, wow, this is beautiful. <laughs> it's actually this become the first. Easier in modern day because I don't have to fill my pockets anymore. I just keep all my rose petals stuffed in my big plague doctor mask that I wear. There you go. That's smart. Horny. Multi. Um, multitask. Not multitasking. Plague doctor's oh. masks are pretty cool. Anyways, let's carry on here. Speaking of dropping a deuce, Resident Evil 8 is coming out this year and it will not be in VR. And it'll so- have werewolves. Probably. Oh, I almost want to veto this game out of pure principle. Every day someone messages me messages me about that game, and I tell them it's not in VR, and they don't believe me. They're like, what are you talking about? They would never no, do that. Uh, no, they are 100% doing that, because they're clearly not supporting PSVR going forward. Yeah. I mean, you'll probably be able to play it in VR on PC, read. like any red-blooded American. I don't. If it was Josh, I, I would go out of my way to make that happen. I don't think but 7 don't think was ever even playable in VR off of it PlayStation. Wasn't. Hmm. It, it was just weird, right? Yeah. Fucking I'm sure they're going to um, switch that around and make as many people angry as possible. That's that's my it, point here. Uh, that's, I don't that's know. That's the true I, horror. I, I just feel Resident like they Evil 8. I don't know. I just feel like they've given up on the gimmick, yeah. which is a shame because I still really like Resident Evil 7. It's only on Oculus. But, uh, well, Trump can't play it, then. That's not fair. <laughs> Rich, come on. Why are you... Why are you... Ref- well, we all, me and you always say these kind things about VR, and you're calling it a gimmick. It's not a gimmick. Well, I, it's going to be looked at as the company as a gimmick. It doesn't. But do you believe it, is it to? But you don't believe it to be a gimmick. I believe this iteration of it is going to go under as a gimmick because it's not going to get the support it needs. And I believe it'll come back eventually, but it's not going to come back until Sony can release a wireless headset because right now I think that is what makes the difference. I just feel oh, like yeah. the Resident Evil Seven. They did. They were like one of the few games that made it not feel like that was the v- like that incredible. was the VR game I really loved. I agree with you one hundred percent. I thought it was great. I thought it really elevated uh, that game. Yeah, and I, uh, because of that, I'm still ex- like I would have liked Resident Evil Seven with or without VR. It would not have been one of my favorite games of that year without VR. Yeah, but that's that's why I'm so bummed about this. Having said that, um. I also really like Resident Evil in general, it is except for Six, the, which is bad. Yeah, it is continuing Ethan's story, at least supposedly at the beginning, which is weird. Um, I don't know how much people actually care about that. Ethan is the protagonist in the in the first game. He's looking for his girlfriend, Mia, the fox of the year. She actually won our award that year for most likely to have a date, go out on a date with when we did our Chompcast Awards. Um which was really just me being creepy for like twenty minutes, and then, yeah, then no. finally agreeing with it. Um, no, but um, so but the thing is, as much as I'm resistant and I'm angry about it, I know it's probably gonna look amazing, and I have to play it. So I'm pissed about the whole fucking thing, really. Oh no, I have to play a video game. It's the principle, Rich. It's the fucking principle of the goddamn thing. But yes, it looks, you know, it looks weird. You can just it looks not like they're play really. It. 
I mean, it's just a Resident Evil game. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll play it. It's fine. You don't I... have to if you don't want to. Josh, I don't feel that way. I love horror games, and the Resident Evil games mean a lot to me, except for 5 and 6, which are terrible. 5 um, is fine. It's just not a horror game. No, you're right. 5, five is, is a fun. really fun game to play cooperatively with a friend, but it is not a horror yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which... Six is just generally bad. Yeah, it really is. So, I don't know that that game is still looks like it's. It, here's one cool thing about it that I was looking into. It is a PlayStation Five exclusive. Um, I'm sorry, it's a next gen exclusive. And the cool thing about that for me is that there's not they don't have to worry about converting like a, a crappier version for your old consoles, which sucks for people like Shay that hey, really I can play, play it. that. I got upgraded. I got one of them new boxes. Well, I know it sucks for people like Shay who maybe will have upgraded by then, but the point is that they're not going to have to compromise like a lower quality version of the game. It's just being developed for next gen, which I actually kind of like selfishly. I think it's stupid because again, PC is the biggest part of the market and SSDs are still not standard. And that's really the only thing they're optimizing for is load times yeah. for yeah, like the new really... system. Um, so it seems really dumb to not still support. I mean, the PS4 is very old hardware, though. So I mean, even on the PC market, the low-end PCs are still better than PS4. Better than the PS4 at this point. And to be fair, SSDs are standard in my house. Well, yeah, but they're not. The no, price, I, I, the I, prices I know. are getting to where they're competitive-ish, but they're still not remotely competitive i mean you can spend 50 bucks on four terabytes or 150 on one um if you want an ssd josh you ever shucked an ssd <laughs> you know what i'm talking about is this mm-hmm. dirty talk what's going I've, on uh, no see okay there's this whole thing with uh ssds where a lot of the time through certain brands it is cheaper to buy an external ssd um and if you're real careful and you know what you're doing i've done it like two or three times you can shuck them open like an oyster the externals, and if you're real careful because they're exposed to the point that you could damage them, you can extract the drive and use it as an internal. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shay, have you thought about, because I'm just curious, I'd like to pick your brain on these things because they're a little bit more of a dilemma. I know you're a big Resident Evil fan, but I know that you've been holding off on the next-gen systems as well. Have you decided personally what you want to do with a lot of these games coming out this year, these big games that are going to be primarily next-generation? or I'm not too concerned with it. Like It's kind of the same thing with the Switch. I want to wait until the, um, until the first gen of the console is kind of worked out the kinks are ironed out and then when the next iteration of that comes out the next uh model releases then i will go back and play some of those games that's kind of what i do with every generation of console i make it back to what i can when i can kind of thing like i'm still making it back to some of the switch games that i've missed out over the past few years and i'll get around to it it's it's difficult simply because I want to be part of the conversation. It's always fun to be a part of the conversation, but I don't really feel as left out about these kind of things like I used to be when I was younger. It's only unless there's a game that really I I absolutely must have that I will kind mm-hmm. of circumvent that. So I, I'm excited for Resident Evil Village. It looks really fun. I really like the... um. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The 
it's not quite it's not really Lovecraftian, but it's about as close as Resident Evil. That's probably the better word. Yeah, Castlevania. Yeah, I think it's as tone. close to Lovecraftian as Resident Evil has ever gone. And yeah, yeah Castlevania is probably the better comparison there. And that's really exciting. That's a I think that's a different direction for anything Resident Evil has been so far. Um, and if they execute it well, it's going to be an exciting new path for them to take going forward. That I, I, you guys know I love zombies as much as anybody, but it would be really cool to see them kind of go from zombies or kind of their action formula that they've had the, in the past few years to something in just kind of like a general horror game. Yeah, series, I mean, where each game can do a different horror. But will they ever beat that time we fought Wesker in a volcano? <laughs> no. They've kind of done this before with, like, four. Like, okay, they're not exactly zombies. We're trying slightly different They're stuff. adjacent to the T-virus. Like, yeah. Yeah, the, so, like... They, like you, the, what was it, the Ganados in four? Yeah. Like, that... I, and I love four. Like, I, I really do hope they are legitimately doing a remake in that two and three remake engine well, just because... Seven's the same way. Like, yeah, it's seven, not zombies. Yeah, it's like, they're they're... Zombie-ish, but like you can like affecting different animals and stuff. Well, and oh yes, the the mold is, and, yeah. and again, it all goes back to the the biohazard element of it. Like all it is in seven is it's a new virus. Yeah, yeah. and I I think that's more interesting than just oh it's the same thing over and over again. Like yeah. you can do basically the same thing and keep your bullshit you know continuity just keep the going, enemy is big but pharma. still give us something interesting and new with it. So. Yeah, it's honestly really easy to explain away if they're looking for some level of continuity. They just yeah. say the virus has mutated, and I mean it, that's that's they're, they're bio weapons at the end of the day. Like it, it doesn't even have to be a natural mutation like that, Shay. It's like yeah, so, they're making this thing stronger in a lab because they're bio terrorists engineering this shit. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, cool part I about mean, seven they have, was they have a the... few options for us to like draw, be drawn into the next iteration without it seem too seeming too out of the realm of possibility. Mm. Totally, they, they've set themselves yeah. up well enough, which yeah. is. I hope cool. I hope they do a good job with the um, the narrative, even though it sounds strange to say, the goofy at times. The idea of just like this guy who's like his wife has gone missing and he loves very much, and then he finds out she's tracking her down in this creepy house, and then he finds out later that she had this secret job you never really told him about, and like it was actually kind of interesting. Well, I, to, I to be fair, even beyond just like Mia, I, Seven does some interesting stuff with its story and like its perspective, and sort of about like halfway through, you know, you don't really have the whole story of what happened since you got here, and yeah, yeah. like yeah. I, I thought they did some well, interesting stuff with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that as new so much because the whole thing has always been more or less you're a cop trying to figure out what the fuck happened. It's always kind of had yeah. a, a, a mystery vibe to it. Yeah. I thought it had a good payoff in this yeah, particular yeah, instance. It, yeah, it was sort of like, oh, my girlfriend's been captured and I find her in this creepy house. It was like this really sort of like torture horror movie thing. But then you find out that, you know, she's been around this shit for a while because she was, you know, because of her secret job. And there's just a lot of weird layers to it. But, um... Anyways, it that uh that seems interesting. And then you the play the on. expansion where you're the man who eats bugs and uh you punch some zombies and Yeah. I will forever good. praise that expansion. Just bare knuckle boxing zombies was the smartest thing they could have done. It was yeah, so that, dumb. It was so that great. The expansion was so no, like, good. It really Exactly. Was. Like the the all the extra modes they've had on all these that's always the best part where you just fuck yeah. around like suplex as many zombies as you can and in five minutes well, like yeah. yeah capcom's great at stuff like that in particular they're like we're gonna get real stupid with it 
Um, Absolutely worth I it. I like the the funny thing from the the Resident Evil 8 promotion, like when they were sort of teasing the, the trailer, is that they were just like, um, um, uh, let's see, Ethan and Mia, his wife, whom he saved in Resident Evil 7, has been settling down for good. So I guess they're pushing you into the one of the two endings, of course. Um only to find a familiar face, Chris Evans, again, knocking on their door. His story comes to Chris a close. Chris Redfield? You said Chris Evans, like the Captain America actor. Hmm. Yeah, that must be a typo. In the article I'm reading, it says Chris Evans. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Someone, someone was thirsty while trying to write that article. <laughs> He's, it's not even like I would actually understand it if Chris Evans were playing him in that like Netflix series that's coming out, but he's not. It's a different person. It's you know what they say about Chris Evans? It's Capcom's ass. I jerked off to him. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was the dick pic that leaked. That's what it was. Um. Anyways, yeah, that's a... Uh, what's wrong? Okay. Um. Anyways, yeah, so that's... uh. Yeah. They said, his story comes to a close, <laughs> writes the official trailer. Whose story is this? Is it Ethan's? Is it Chris's? Eh. Is it Chris? Is it Captain America's? It seems less interesting. <laughs> I, I like I like that random interruption. I I imagine that was your wife saying, "Hey, are you guys talking about Chris Evans up there?" <laughs> Chris Evans' yeah, sense no, was tingling. My kid was just he, having he just, a tough time. He just leans off. He's like, "Yeah, Rich was just saying that he jerks off to Chris Evans." <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, kiddo. Um, yeah, so that that seems pretty interesting. Uh, let's see here. So this ghost ghost wire Tokyo. Ghost Wire! See, I deserve one. You gotta give me mm-hmm. one. <laughs> it's Ghost Rider. Yeah. Which Bet you feel issue. foolish. Yeah. Which, oh, again, to match the game. we oh. probably have some Gen Z people to explain things to. Ghost, Ghost Rider was a long-running PBS kids show where a ghost would write things to leave messages to help these kids solve mysteries. Um... And it yeah. had the worst theme song, but it's just the most But catchy. also the best? The best? Because it's the same thing. It's like the theme song is just exactly what you've heard so far. Like the kids would kind of be saying their names and doing the, the cheesy thumbs up at the camera sort of yes. intros yes. where it explains who each of the characters are. But like between each of them, the music would, you know, get back up to the normal volume and they'd come back in ghost rider and then uh, the next kid would come in and do their thing yeah so you heard yeah, it, that, that over and over again at the beginning josh of josh sending every us episode. that and then me watching it and i was like just these waves of nostalgia hit me and i was like this is peak 90s what was it like to live through the 90s i would send them the video of that theme song and, and clips say, of this is exactly what it was like and clips of wishbone 90s. oh yeah oh god wishbone <sighs> man ghostwriter but anyways uh <laughs> ghostwire tokyo that is a game that looks absolutely dripping with amazing art direction i love the the uh the release trailer what it looks like it looks so captivating to me at least yeah it's got sort of a yokai techno 
futuristic sort of uh, feel to it. Like it's, it's kind of being pulled in two directions there that makes it, uh, it, it makes you not be at ease kind of with the, with the setting uh, that they're yeah, it's, using. It's really interesting just to, to see kind of the, the themes that they're combining there. Because the way the art direction was in the trailers that I've seen so far, it looks similar to something that, you know, funnily enough, would have been designed in like the 90s style animation, like what they would have interpreted Tokyo to look like, but it's done with modern uh, capabilities. So it looks like something that was inspired years ago but is being made now also with like Josh is saying futuristic elements and supernatural elements all at once. So it's really cool. It's kind of all encompassing that in its art direction. And then the plot is really interesting too, where basically all of Tokyo's inhabitants have suddenly disappeared and there are these otherworldly spirits and you have to figure out what the hell happened to all these people. And you have these, this masked group of people that you're trying to figure out what part do they play in the disappearance of all of the citizens? And it's it's really fascinating. I'm really excited to see the exploration of Tokyo, and I think it's going to be really cool to see that on the screen and how realistic it is and uh, some of the liberties they take when you're exploring Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, again, uh, with what they've shown so far, it's hard to tell exactly what's what going this to play thing is. like. Yeah, because um, what they've shown so far, um, possibilities are wide open as far as how this thing is actually going to end up playing. Um, Style-wise, like you said, setting, um, just narratively, everything looks interesting so far. Um, like my my biggest. I guess it's a hang-up at this point, is that I still don't know what gameplay is going to be like at this point. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I know that, like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of from what I saw the trailer, if I'm interpreting this correctly, is kind of like the original Bio- Bioshock, where you kind of have these... Uh, Go on. Psionic? Would that be the right word? Psionic powers. And from what little I saw of the trailer, it kind of looked like you have these, these, uh, psionic or psychic powers, whatever the correct word is there. And it also looked like, and I'm, <laughs> hopefully this isn't taken as me stereotyping, but from what I saw, it also looks like there's going to be some kind of like martial art combat involved a little bit. So yeah, and first person just from what thing, I've yeah. read, that it's going to kind of involve some of those um, those type of moves as well. I don't know to the degree, obviously, because more information needs to come out. So you're going to have some level of psychic powers, some level of combat powers that may or may not be akin to martial arts. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that um, thing looks I'm weird. definitely excited to at least hear more about the game. Yeah. It's a very distinctive aesthetic to it, so nothing yes. else. Um, Morgan, if you wouldn't mind if I, I slip one in here um, that we did not put officially on our list, but his, his Shay mentioning the, the Bioshock comparison reminded me of it. Um, I wanted to mention Atomic Heart, uh, 
uh, which is a game that was delayed a few times uh, for Munfish that's expected out this year. Um, sort of giving me Bioshock vibes from that first trailer. Um, it takes place in an alternate uh, reality Soviet Union in 1955. Uh, Mick Gordon is doing the soundtrack on it. Mm. Um, it I love the look and the feel and knowing Mick's work, obviously, it's got to have a good fucking sound to it. Yeah. Um it, it's one I'm I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, that's a good one. Um another big one that I know people really want to hear us talk about of course is Horizon Zero Dawn. No, fr- just Horizon uh Forbidden West. Is it not Oh fuck. Zero, Zero Dawn was the subtitle of the first game. That's they're, good. They're that's not going to uh-huh. give it two colons. Everyone now only Hor- gets one. Horizon. Those are the rules. Mm-hmm. That game did not have a great name in the first place. Um but no, that game, you know, looks presumably gorgeous my only thing with people getting so excited about it right now is it's a sort of a we haven't actually seen gameplay i believe everything that they've shown has been a trailer so i would i imagine it's going to look gorgeous because the first game looked gorgeous and it's on playstation 5 of course but it's i would like to see some gameplay before i personally get really excited about the damn thing um i don't know i think the first game really uh was strong enough of a game for the most part yeah to warrant some level of hype for the sequel. Yeah. Obviously, some I, of us had... I like that first game I, a lot, I agree yeah. with that. Some of us had our, our issues with the going into encampments to just kill humans. That was definitely the weakest part of the game, the first one. So, going forward, hopefully that they kind of... Flesh out um, the world in smarter ways than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. They make you interact with and, the world uh, in more make unique the thing ways. instantly better. That'd be nice. How dare you? How dare you? But you're gonna defend. You're gonna defend the loot in Horizon. You know, like you know he's yeah. going to defend loot. He's always here to defend always. loot. It's really unfortunate. The only time I will not defend loot really enough is in God of War. I didn't really think well, the loot y- did much in that game. Um, but- again, it's one of the things that, like, uh, I, I think I talked with you guys about this at the time. Uh, I thought it was a big improvement in Assassin's Creed Valhalla over Odyssey. Was like they got rid of random loot and we're just like, mm. there's X amount of gear sets. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, oh, I appreciate shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous because it's like it was all random crap and like it was constantly dropping and most of it was trash. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's not for everyone, I guess. Um, but no, yeah, no, I agree with you, Shay, 100%. My whole thing is, like, I hope that there's something, like, there's so many open world games now. Like, is it just going to be a prettier Horizon Zero Dawn sequel? Like, I hope there's something distinctive about it that makes it stand out. Well, from what I've read, um, I haven't seen much like you guys. From what I've read, basically, it's going to be, I think, a more varied experience from the first one. You're definitely going to a lot more environments. Um. First and foremost, second, the the plot is hopefully going to uh kind of uh how do I how do I say this? The plot of the the sequel is going to set itself apart from the first one, uh, in terms of there's basically a plague that is plague? Uh, starting to sweep the land, and so it's affecting these different machines and other various enemies in different ways. So I, it, from what I'm reading, it sounds like it's going to be a little bit of the same thing, but also it's looking to kind of get away from the, the narrative of tri- tribalism and 
uh, human versus machine kind of thing. I'm sure that that will still be there, but that's not the focal point. It sounds like that this one is more going for nature is completely coming to reclaim. And this is kind of survival after (laughs) nature started to reclaim after the machines revolted humanity. So it, there's definitely, there's definitely the ability to set up a really interesting narrative there and subplots within that. So I, I think, I think at least as of right now, the plot of forbidden West, forbidden wild, forbidden wild, forbidden wild, uh, Forbidden no, Forbidden West. West. Yeah, Forbidden West. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking of Outer Wilds. <laughs> I no, no, think I think there was an expansion for titles. Horizon called Something Wilds. Frozen Wilds, I think. That's, that might be it. But anyways, uh, Forbidden West, definitely the, the plot has me intrigued, for sure. And the fact that there are going to be more varied environments. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I on a superficial level, this they were really renowned for what they did on the PS4, the Pro, and the PS4 with technically with Horizon. So I'm I'm curious to see what Gorilla does just visually with this game on the PS5. Like mm. I I I want it, like this is a PS5 game and through and through. I want to see what they do with it. Um, I hope it's as glorious as as we all imagine it to be. So, but yeah, um, we'll see. I wasn't, I mean, I really loved Horizon too, but it was kind of like a very simple love. Like it's very pretty and there's a nice loop, you know? And I, I think that that level that you're describing is pretty much kind of the level I have for it's, it's not a very, uh, it might offend people. Hopefully not. I don't know. I would, it's not a necessarily deep narrative. It's, it's like a, it's like a, the equivalent of a summer blockbuster film where it's really fun. Yeah. It's really, it's really uh, beautiful. It's mildly engaging, and then when you're done with it, you you can reflect on it and be like, "Yeah, that was a really fun game. That was a really fun movie." Didn't have a deeper narrative there for me. I think it did. It's just that they wasted so much of your fucking time with loot and shitty side quests, like raiding stuff. Like it just yeah. Most you of the for, side you quests you forget half do the story like... by the time you get to the next beat. But the, I think that's exactly mm. right because I I remember at the time thinking that there's this deeper narrative and I really enjoyed it but I've kind of forgotten about it now because it's been a few years and all I remember is the beautiful machines killing the beautiful machines yeah. and the sheer number of enemy encampments I had to go invade which <laughs> um I'm over that so hopefully that's not as prominent in the sequel and hopefully if they have a deeper narrative that they're trying to get across that it's a the game's a little bit more focused on that. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know. I, just, yeah. I felt like I was distracted from what they were actually trying to tell for I felt, I felt that gigantic chunks of that game, which, I mean, that's, that's an issue with a lot of open-world games, but I felt it more so in, in this game. I, I think it had to do with... It was a very minor, but still a penalty for fast traveling. So you didn't want to fast travel a lot, which meant you wanted to clear out an area when you got to it, um, which I think kind of hurt the pacing. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I've enjoyed the story as much as you guys did, but I'm optimistic. I'm, you know, I, that they can do something interesting here. Did I thought you, that they. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was just going to ask: Did you end up finishing the game? I can't remember to be honest with you. I want to say I was like right at the very 
end. I met like the weird villain baddie guy. Um, I did the whole Coliseum part. I'm. It's been it's been years. It, I just, yeah, I remember yeah. thinking I you know, the characters seemed fine and the ideas of the story were interesting. I just thought the execution was just kind of boilerplate. Um, yeah, yeah. I get that. I but, yeah. I, I wish that you remembered the ending because the ending is the best part of the game. Was it? Was it's it a very cool? strong okay. ending. Um, and a a lot of the stuff that they were trying to build interesting narrative for to build an interesting conversation like the man versus machine uh nature like these kind of conversations were kind of kind of culminated into something interesting towards the end there and i think that's that's i think that's why it's the strongest part of the game and also things in terms of family and goals and motivation aspirations all those things a lot of them were interesting but at the end, but like Josh said, a lot of it kind of got lost in the weeds there. Yeah, one thing I look forward to doing with this and a lot of these games is that have sequels is just kind of, you know, going back and touching up on the original before I play them if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Yeah, that one's a that one's going to be a big one because um, that game did very very well. Um, Rich, I was going to bring up Ratchet and Clank, but he ran away. You guys are pretty excited for Hollow Knight, Silk Song. Yes. Um, so is this the? This is a little confusing to me because I really enjoyed the half of Hollow Knight I played before it just became too stressful for me. <laughs> um, but the uh, that's fair. That's it's a it's a difficult it is a game. Tough game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. I was going to say I, one of I the really, harder yeah Souls like things. And then I wasn't sure about it. I had to stop and think, but I think it is. I especially, yeah, especially. It's, well, it's depending on the like ending. You're, depending on the like. ending you're going for, like for like some of the more involved ones, it it's one of the hardest out there near the end of it. So, yeah, I'm curious to see if there's a big like. I love the art design in the original game, but I mean that was a long time ago. I'm curious to see if they can capture that art, but like maybe it has like an extra pop to it because you know it's been a while and it's going to be on next gen systems and stuff so i'm curious to see what that game looks like and because if you look this is not to sound really negative but like if you look at a lot of the screens it kind of looks like the same thing you know what i mean if i look at screenshots other than obviously the character's different but it just looks like the same game pretty much um, I, I want i want to i want to slip it in there really quickly because um i don't i don't think you did this intentionally it's not going to be on the new systems as of right now it's only going to be on pc and the switch oh oh weird okay interesting okay yeah but um (laughs) i i I see your point about there being a little bit more visual pop but i'm not concerned about that at all yeah i mean it's already one of the best looking games for a long time so if it just looks the same you guys would both be happy is that what you're saying no no i wouldn't i wouldn't be i i would i i would be complacent I would be, I would still be moderately happy. I think I would be happier if there was pleasantly complacent, (laughs) more pop or variation. But what what was there was already incredible. So I I don't think that there needs to be like this drastic overhaul graphically. But it would be nice. I'm not I'm not going to say it wouldn't be nice, but it's not essential for me for the experience either. I mean, that's that's not the main reason why I'm playing the game is in hopes that there is a graphical or visual upgrade, so to speak. That's probably yeah. one of the last things I'm considering there. But if it's there, it's an additional touch. It's like when um, 
I played Ori and the Blind Forest, and I think that was an absolutely gorgeous game. And then when Will of the Wisps came out, and it was an even more gorgeous game like, than the original, it's yeah. like I wasn't necessarily playing Will of the Wisps looking for a graphical overhaul that blew my mind, but it, it, yeah, how did they do it? Was yeah. Exactly. And I exactly. was even more satisfied. <laughs> the game was gorgeous, and you're like, yeah, I, I'd be fine with more of this. And then somehow they made the second game just so much more ridiculously gorgeous that it's it, it's kind of unreal it is right. kind of weird they almost made it look a slightly more realistic like i went back i should have played the first game first because i couldn't going back to play the first one i actually i objectively hated the way it looked compared to the second one yeah i i could not I, it I was just I, I couldn't go back i think if i had played it first i would have had a very different response to it because I was like, I want this to look like Ori well, in the Will of the Wisps. I don't want it because, to look like Because I, I think the problem is, Morgan, it's like, um, neither the first game doesn't look bad by any stretch, but it's like, the second game just looks like the first game, but better. So like it, If they had the money. If they had a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, well, they they were doing fine to begin with. Did well, Microsoft own them at that point? Gareth Coker. He was, he was saying that it really is just time and pro- production. Sure. Possibly. Um, it may have really been halfway through development. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd have to look yeah, that but, up. But getting back to Silk Song, I mean, that's I'm kind of having the same mindset there. Like, if it's upgraded visually, cool. I'm I'm obviously going to be ecstatic about that. But I'm not going into it with that. I'm going into it because the original game, the the combat was super tight, so much so that it has influenced other games. Like it influenced Ori and the Will of the Wisps. It's influenced mm-hmm. other games in this Metroidvania style, yeah, um, yeah. genre, yeah, uh, in terms of the combat. On yeah, top having of that, the uh, this, having the combat oh, and platforming and everything just move so seamlessly um, in that game, and everything just be tuned as tight as it was. Um, I like, yeah, like I, I think that's why. Also, the combat I just was stepped up so much in Will of the Wisp. Yeah, seeing more of that world of of Hollow Knight, like it just does so much with its aesthetic. Um, that I think is commendable. Like I'm, I'm more than ready to see more more and different parts of that world yeah yes exactly that's i think that's one of the biggest things is that there's a very defined interesting world there and what they've done with it is fascinating so far and i want to see the continuation of that i want to see a different story because obviously we played as the main character in the first one so I, I want to see Hornet's side of the story or Hornet's take on this vast, lush, interesting, dark world that they've already built. Um, and I want to see if they take it in slightly different directions as well. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys, I guess, for the most part. Um, I, uh, I don't understand, like, because I thought when you, we talked about this, I thought you guys were way higher on Pokemon Snap than me, but before the show, I, can, I had to, like, convince Shay to put it on here. So I, I don't really, like, for me, I think Pokemon Snap is probably the one I was looking forward to maybe the most, other than the gelatinous Pokemon, um, because I thought it was coming out this year. And uh, it, good God, I've been waiting for a Pokemon Snap game since I was a kid on the Nintendo 64, and it's going to be on the Switch. Wait, you've been waiting that? Dude, they have one of them on the Nintendo 64. And I've been waiting for one since the 64 days when I completed the one you're referring to. Thank you, Rich. Um, I just, I, I, I'm not unexcited about it. I just, 
it's a known quantity. I'm sure it'll be fine. I don't think Nintendo's putting the fanfare. I've had this conversation with you before on this podcast. You guys sounded way more excited when we talked <laughs> I, about this. I in the don't board. think, did, or not the beginning of the year, but whenever they announced it, like when they first announced it, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe that's what's happened. They haven't shown anything since then, well, and you guys well, have kind of dried up a little. No, it's just that two of the best games this year were Pokemon Snap likes. And the one that came out between their announcement good. and then the actual Pokemon, well, like, and us actually it's getting not it. Pokemon, though, Josh. People, you gotta love the Pokemon. Eh. Your little Diglets and your Duke Trios and your Squirtles. I, I'd say for me, the, the, I, I'm still excited for the game, but at this point, it's not a top 10 consideration for me just because, and, Maybe you quote this as unfair. I'm not. I'm not you specifically, Morgan. Anyone, and I'm not really concerned about it. But the the Pokemon DLC that they dropped for Sword and Shield were like the first one was fun for the first few out, like because it's a shorter DLC. It was fun for about an hour or two, and then it got old really quickly. And then the second DLC was incredibly, incredibly boring for me. And yeah, neither of them did much for me. I, it was they, yeah. To it's kind of built you, around I, shiny farming. Like, get together with your yeah. friends and farm a full Pokedex and of the, shiny Pokemon. <laughs> the thing right, was exactly. like that that first expansion. I think you'll agree with this, Shay. It introduced like the best wild area in that game. Mm-hmm. But it did. I had yeah. already done it everything. I just like I I didn't have any reason to keep playing the game besides just exploring that wild area, and that just well, wasn't that's, enough. That's the thing is. There there are so many Pokemon out now. And this is why I don't get, like, still to this day, why people bitched about, um, sorry, I will bring this back in the Pokemon Snap, I promise. <laughs> I don't mean to go, I'm going to go on a slight detour here. I don't get why people bitch that all, all the Pokemon weren't just initially released into uh, Sword and Shield. Because the amount that were there were perfectly fine. And if they had all 900 plus, it would have been incredibly overwhelming. So you go into you go into this wild area and Nintendo rightfully gave the fans what they wanted, more access to the Pokemon. But for me, why I like Sword and Shield so much was not because of all the new Pokemon and everything. It was the lush and beautiful, gorgeous environments that we talked about um, back in November of 2019. And it was the halfway interesting story and world building that they were doing. I was like, wow. I'm actually really excited to explore this area that they introduced. I love and the Pokey UK. <laughs> I it was super fascinating that some of the lore that they were integrating into the Pokemon universe from these games. And I, that's what I was kind of hoping the DLC was going to be. Um to be honest with you, and it's rare that I feel this way, I feel like I wasted $30 on that DLC. So I I'm coming off of my ass being chapped a little bit by how much I dislike those DLCs that with Pokemon Snap sequel, my my concern is a twofold. One that I I love the base game of Sword and Shield and there is something to be said about that, but the DLC kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit um annoyed Horny. and frustrated uh with the the most recent iteration, but also the pos I I highly doubt Nintendo would do this, but in the off chance that um they were to ever introduce something like microtransactions or something like that, this would be a decent game to introduce that I think, 
you know, for them. I highly, highly doubt that they would, but something fucky like that just in general, not necessarily microtransactions well, themselves, but something akin to that I'm a little there, bit concerned about. There's a couple of things there, Shay. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Pokemon DLC. I think it's interesting to note that Obviously, there's are very different games, but did you know that this actually is not even be, being developed by Game Freak? It's actually being developed by Bandai Namco, and the original Pokemon Snap also not developed by Game Freak, because um, I was just looking it up. So it's a well, for better or worse, it's a completely different company. That could mean the game is dog shit. It's Band it's Bandai Namco for for God's sake, ba- Bandai it, Namco, whatever <laughs> the the Gundam people. Um, oh, so they make right. amazing products. Thanks. Oh. Well, look, I love Gundams, but the Gundam games are bleh. Um, God damn it, Rich, you got me distracted now. I'm thinking about the Epion. I'm getting all hard. I'm leaving to but go build my Gundam Crossbones models on my desk over there. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> I did, look, I love Gundam as much as the next guy, which I don't really know how much the next guy loves Gundam. He loves um, it a lot, next, if I'm the next guy. Yeah, yeah, Rich, <laughs> Rich is the next guy. He loves Gundam a lot. Uh... Anyways, yeah, it's just a different company. It's a whole different game. It's a whole different company. So I'm fascinated to see what that is. You know, um, yeah, it's. I'm. I'm curious. That's all. This is anticipation. I mean, you're gonna take pictures of Pokemon, but that first game was so good. And if they if they build it in the same vein, or maybe we remember the first game being better than it is. Who that's, knows? That's another concern of mine as well. You know, like we are remembering the game so much better than it is, and I think that also kind of comes into territory with which we'll talk about a little bit later briefly. I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy VIII recently on my downtime, just trying to clear more games out of my backlog while we have downtime. And I, as much as I love that game, and I, I still think it's an amazing game, I definitely remember that story being a lot more amazing than it actually is. And I, I, the story isn't necessarily bad. Let me, <laughs> yeah. let me rephrase that. The dialogue in that game Oh, I bruv. do not remember. Will you be slowpoke about how rough, even if it's just the translation of it, yeah, was in that game. And so I realized that sometimes when you go back to those things, well, that now you, you have the animated years compared and years to, ago, and that's that's the issue. Well, that's what ruined seven and eight for me. Shay I went back and played the original. I'm like, oh my god, these stories are ridiculous. So don't do it if you want to keep your seven memories positive. You're kind of a judgmental <laughs> prick. I replay. I've replayed seven. Uh, very recently, and it's still the greatest game ever made. <laughs> hey, I like your conviction. Um, it's a script above okay. reproach. So let's just—we have like five minutes here because we really gotta—we really gotta take a break, and then we have like an hour to finish up a ton of games. Let's just spit shit out. I'm gonna say for people listening, I'm really excited for Gran Turismo Seven. I want to see what that's all about, just because it's supposed to be a technical showpiece. Oh, I'm and, sure it'll—it'll um, it'll be a hell of a thing to behold on the PS5. Um, I'm. I'll wait for them to make a new Ridge Racer. Much like Rich, I'm really curious about Ratchet and Clank as well. I want to see what they can do with that art direction. I mean, Crash Bandicoot has set the benchmark now, so I really want to see what they can do with that art direction on the PS5. Um, I'll throw out. Uh, I'm very excited for uh Gotham Knights, the Batmanless Batman game. <laughs> Sounds like what it is. It's uh, you know, to be fair, and I, I said this at the time when, when this game got announced, as as a big comics nerd, some of the best Batman stories over the years start with Batman being dead or out of the picture in some form. Uh-huh. 
Um, I double and triple checked, and Final Fantasy 16 does not even have a tentative date of this year, so it's probably okay that we don't discuss it too much, but what they've showed of that game looks really fantastic. It's actually the same director of A Realm Reborn. so Which is arguably sounds uh, great. one of the best Final Fantasies ever. Josh, I saw you like that tweet. Uh, I, <laughs> I shared the director of that game. Uh, just charming. That's so great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that game some, looks yeah, good. Some, someone even, asked him at a, uh, I don't know, it was a conference or whatever. Asked or, him if yeah, they were going to have classic servers of Final like Fantasy wow fourteen, did. <laughs> like Wow did. And he he, <laughs> oh, ju- he just starts laughing hysterically, and before the trans, like he can clearly tell what the guy's asking, and before the trans leader can even finish, he just grabs her mic and goes nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cute. Um like Look, why? Why? Why would Final anyone want to do that to and themselves? And loved it at the time, and you lost experience in that game. You could lose your level. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, it you was a lose weird your level time. and have to walk through all of Copy Pasta Land to get back where you were. And I mean, now you can just buy your level if you're so inclined, which mm-hmm. led to my favorite joke on the Final Fantasy 14 Reddit ever, when people would ask, "Hey." How long does it take to get through the base game of FF14? And the top of voted comment was, "How fast can you edit, edit enter your credit card information?" Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, Josh, is there any uh? T- oh, sorry, let me go around Robin here. Josh, is there any titles you want to spit out that people can keep an eye out for that you're curious about? Uh, one that I was initially was supposed to be end of this year, although it's gotten pushed back a little bit with COVID. But Chris Tales is a uh, an RPG where you are playing through different parts of the timeline that will affect the rest of the game simultaneously. Um, that looked really interesting. Is that a play on the word crystals? No, it's about guys named Chris. Yeah. <laughs> they're all... All Chris's. <laughs> all day long. Chris Evans, Chris and Pratt, all Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the Chris's. Capcom's ass. Uh, okay, Chris Dales. Um, we're, speaking of furries, we're all looking forward to Stray, the cat game. That looks mm-hmm. cute. We all want to play Stray. Unless yeah. you're a monster. The Good Life, if it finally comes out. Speaking of good cat life. games. Yep. Oh, yeah. Or was dog games. Crowdfunded? It could be either now. Oh, right. I forgot that was a thing. That's that's really neat. That was the strangest pivot. I mean, not, not really. I guess he just decided, this is just not furry enough. We need to, I we need to double the furry. Swurry. Yeah, <laughs> last night if it ever comes out. Shay, is there anything we haven't mentioned that you want to throw out there while we're throwing shit out? Oh yeah, definitely. There are a few. Uh, first and foremost, uh, oh. I, I tried my best to do convincing, and I knew it was to no, going to be to no avail. But the Saga Frontier remaster, that is actually the number one game I'm looking forward to this year. <laughs> I'm excited I'm to so experience excited that, that Shay. I think the I'm tagline so is Cancer here. Remastered. You know, that's really insensitive, Morgan. I hope you rethink your life after that. Mm. I um, didn't say it. That wasn't me. I cannot believe that, that was you. I cannot believe you'd associate cancer with this game. <laughs> it's really not fair to <laughs> cancer. Back for Blood, I'm really excited about. It looks pretty much just like a more modern day version of Left 4 Dead. I'm all, I'm here for it completely 100%. Um, two You're Left 4 Dead for games are incredible and a lot of fun. Um, Solar Ash is one that we haven't mm-hmm. talked about. And I'm yeah, that looks good. Yeah, ecstatic for that one because um, just a little bit of history. Uh, the I believe is Heart Machines, their first game, uh, Hyperlight Drifter. The color schematic was an influence and an inspiration for 
um, our logo designer, Mr. Jason Allen Roberts, to design our logo. Uh, so the, anything that those guys do kind of have an indirect tie-in with us. Not really, but I like to imagine that. But anyways, I loved Hyperlight Drifter so much. It was one of the first games that we played and talked about for this podcast, and it was such an incredible game. Um, everything about it I love. And so Solar Ash is going to be the second game these guys are doing, and it is coming out from an isometric view, and it looks like it's going to be a fully rendered 3D world. So it's a definite... Whoa, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know they had gameplay released for it yet. But yeah, that's, is there gameplay? They've shown gameplay every time they've shown it. It's just been very, Solar Ash. I thought it was just a. I thought it was just a trailer of of. I didn't know there was gameplay shown in either of those. Well, it's, oh, it looks like it's be. all been gameplay. Those mm-hmm. haven't been cutscenes. Shay just uh, reminded me of another indie I forgot to mention. Um, but hold your horse. Oh, anyway. I thought you were done. I apologize. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut again, you off. Again, Solar Ash. 2021 seems like very optimistic. I think so. I too. assume that was going to be packed so in with uh, with Elden Ring. No, that <laughs> game's got to be done. I would imagine that's this year for sure. I, I hope Solar Ash comes out. I mean, they've had five years to work on it so far, <laughs> but Jesus, I won't. I won't be sad if it's delayed for another year or if they yeah, have to work it, on they've it. They've given us basically nothing in forever. So yeah, yeah. People, the, yeah. I mean. Of course, I'm excited for the Cuphead DLC, but I wasn't going to include any DLC on the list. The last game I wanted to mention was a little bit off the beaten path for me. Scorn is a game I'm extremely excited for. Oh, I've watched a ton of uh, beta or alpha and beta footage or whatever it's called, uh, early footage of the gameplay of that game, and it looks super creepy. It looks super fun, a lot of suspense. I you know, as much as Resident Evil 7 scared the shit out of me at various moments, I really enjoyed that suspense element to it. And Scorn looks like kind of a game that is going to be in that department, in that realm of uh, suspense and horror and thriller all kind of packaged into one. They're not synonymous with each other, but they're often uh, working in tandem with each other. So I'm really excited about that game. It looks very very dark it looks kind of like (laughs) if you guys remember back in the 90s and early 2000s the some of the music videos uh for like industrial metal that were trying to just unnerve you like a tool like nine inch nails nails a slipknot video trying to unnerve you and that's kind of what this game is appearing as with their art direction so i like it i want to see more of it yeah. Cool. Go watch the happiness and slavery video. You're welcome. Um, um, last one for me, Morgan, that I had, I had forgot to mention was uh, this is actually due out later this month, um, the 26th, the day after my birthday. Oh yeah. Uh, three. Cyber Shadow, um, which is the uh, 2D uh, side scroller from I believe it's Machine Head Games, being published by Yacht Club, the uh, the Shovel Knight folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Machine Head Games. What do they make? Let me just verify that's the studio. Mechanical Head Studios, I'm sorry. Machine Head is a totally oh. different studio. Um, this was, uh, it's not more than a handful of people who are working on it. And um, Yacht Club came in uh, after the fact and, uh, you know, gave them some money to keep this game going. 
I remember first getting a look at this around the time the Messenger launched, and it very much reminded me of that, it, it, like another mm-hmm. game in that sort of Ninja Gaiden homage uh, fame, and I played a little bit of it back at PAX last year and yeah. really, really enjoyed it. That's that's We need more Gaiden likes because... That's a that's a that's a game that was great, but really could benefit from just polished, more modern controlling to to the way it plays. Exactly, and and a great example of that actually, which is funny, would be from Yacht Club because the Specter Knight expansion to mm-hmm. Shovel Knight is basically a polished Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, yeah, the Messenger is great. The 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 Specter Knight. Um. Not Spectre really of Torment, DLC, yeah, yeah. but campaign, I guess. Yeah, um, the the Spectre of Torment campaign. Yeah, I'm I'm I am super excited that more more games have kind of taken inspiration from that recently. It has been totally some great been great stuff delivering. To play this game's got a great aesthetic. It 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 plays great from what I got the demo I built. I got to play about a year ago, and um, also just I'm in general I'm a fan of what's kind of happening there, like. These small indie studios like Yacht Club that are now doing very well after years of delivering on these big games they put out, um, getting to lend a hand to smaller groups of other people that they're like, hey, we like what you're doing. Here's some money. Come join us and we will help you get your thing out. I think that's Mm -hmm. awesome. And I'd like to see more of that as well in the industry. Yeah, that is really cool. Cool. All right. Well, did you guys want to take a break? Well, I had other stuff. I thought we were doing when you said round oh. robin. I thought we were doing one a piece, which is why I gave you one game at the beginning. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm sorry. Go now ahead, I'm go officially ahead. done. You fire it off. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned Chris Tales, which is one I was looking forward to this year. Yeah. Um, the Tales of Chris, <laughs> of all the Chris's. Tales Chris's, from the Chris. Chris's, as far as the eye can see. Um, Tales from the Chris. And, yeah, I've got several of mine are ones that are are soon ones I'm looking forward to. Um, Radio the Universe is a top-down pixel art um, action game that is, like, obviously higher pixel count because the Game Boy had, like, all of four pixels on the thing. Um, but very much Great in, pixels too. In, that, in that vein of um, minimal color palette, um, but, but doing more modern things with it. And that looks just gorgeous whenever you've got, you know, more behind it than you're able to get. Um, super excited to play that. Another one is Unsighted, which looks very much like CrossCode, which is just one of my favorite RPGs of recent years. Um, CrossCode's or CrossCode ish sort of a an RPG that has a time limit to it. Um, so it looks like they're going to do interesting things with the idea of trying to play that style of a game, but in a limited time. Um, they they just announced that there, there will be an option to turn that off if you just want to do like an ex- exploration type playthrough. Um, but I'm I'm curious to see how they handle something like that. Um, you know, like thematically, if there's, you know, weight behind the idea of deciding what you can do in an RPG. Cause a lot of times in an RPG, it, I've mentioned this, I don't know how many times before the idea of 
if you accidentally go the right direction, you went the wrong direction because you want to do all the extra crap first. Um, yeah. And so the you idea w- of feel like you're missing th- missing out on shit. And yeah, I I like the idea of urgency in an RPG. Um, sort of forcing your hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, urgency that you actually deliver on which a lot of games have the idea of like having this thematic urgency that then ends up feeling ridiculous because nothing's done to yeah like sephiroth is about to finally win and the meteor is going to hit earth time to go fuck around at at a theme park for the next eight hours everybody loves the golden saucer i'm 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 interested to see how they how they handle that It, it sounds Sounds like something I'd be into if 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 they managed to handle it in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. Well, we got a lot of stuff there. That's a lo- that's a lot to chew on. So, chew on this, bitch. Chew on this. Um, we will take a short break and then we're gonna cram a lot of games into a reasonable amount of time, hopefully into a hole. Uh, so we'll be right back with some more of the Chomcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this commercial is brought to you by Chomping After Dark, our brand new podcast where we deep dive on video games, talking about the story in full detail. That's right, but we don't just talk about games. We've also talked about many wonderful movies. We talk about things from AAA titles to indie darlings to movies that just plain made us laugh. Yes, We are still waiting for the cat's butthole cut. If you want to check it out, please head over to swordchomp.com or any of the major podcast apps where you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like, dang, I just want to get this podcast two weeks early, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp where you can get access to Chomping After Dark two weeks early. And we are back with more of the Chompcast. So we're going to attempt to fly through a ton of games here in a very, as mentioned, reasonable amount of time. Um, so this should be a lot of fun because we've been gone for a couple weeks, but obviously podcasts can only be seven hours long reasonably. Um, so I will try to lead by example here. I uh, So I played Sackboy uh, on the PlayStation 5. What a coincidence. I ordered it on Amazon. Did you? Okay. I did. Well, so what games have you fully ordered for your PS5, Rich? Sackboy, you um, have Demon's I, I have Sack, Souls. I have, I have Demon's Souls here. Uh, I have Sackboy on the way. And mm-hmm. um, I had... You already have Spider-Man. I already have Spider-Man. Another one I have loading up right now, actually, is a friend a while back had given me a PS4 code for Immortals. And oh, that actually also okay. gets you the PS5 version, and I never played it on PS4, so I'm just downloading the PS5 version. Okay. And, of course... It comes with Astro's Playroom. Which yes, is which is probably going to be the first thing I try um, when we finish up here. God bless you. Um, so, yeah, so my whole thing on this game is I was given a gift card, so I didn't mind throwing down the money on it. Um, and I don't think you'll mind as much, Rich, but it's a very straightforward platformer. I love, just so people know, I love the 3D platformer. I just love those games a lot. There's really not as many of them as you as you would think, the, the, the classic 3D platformer nowadays. Um there, I mean, it, the the indie circuit is a lot that's, more. That's that. kind of where it's surviving. There are there, yeah, yeah. There's been more, more and um, in it lately. 
Yeah, weirdly enough, and Media Mall Kill, of course, famous for making the big pl- little Big Planet games where you where where Sackboy premiered. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he's so, he's technically a PlayStation mascot. People would consider him a PlayStation mascot, I believe. So I, I would say so. Um, he likes to dress tier, up like I, I think Sackboy is cute. He's got a simple design, but the whole the whole point is like his design was supposed to be simple, uh, because the whole thing was we're gonna dress him up like a million different characters and yeah. give him all these styles and these looks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I will say this about the game. Um, oh, I was rich ran off. I was really hoping to talk to him about Sackboy. Um, I think oh, he's wait, running he's going to grab to... a Sackboy. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So cute. I thought it looked like Groot. It looked like Groot for a second. Well, I mean, that's kind of yeah. Wait, say. I, I think, went to get I my think Groot boy. was based off on. Uh, based yeah, off we of we saw boy. from a distance. Rich, we thought your Sackboy was Groot. It was funny. No, this is Groot. See. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the resemblance is actually striking. Um, the sack boy Work, working zipper on the sack boy. Ooh, look at that. We need I, we need a new PlayStation All Stars. That's what we need. Um, Do we? Um, if they're willing to give it the sort of quality, you know what? Actually, I no longer think we need it simply because like it seems like anything goes in Smash these days. Mm-hmm. They could probably like, just add all the Sony masks. Just do Smash. Just put at this the Rappa the Rappa in Smash. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree with that. So yeah, I mean, the game, it's its a nice, fun time. There's absolutely nothing revolutionary or super unique about the game. It's just a very pretty PlayStation 5 game. You can see all the little fibers on Sackboy's little sack. Um, mm. ooh, I didn't think about yeah, it. Yeah, show me your uh, sack. Um, <laughs> he, the one thing about the game that I think is funny is it's almost kind of a ripoff of Yoshi's Woolly World in a way. Or the Crafted World games, because it's referred to as a Crafted World, and it's got everything in it. Like, if you play the game, it's got, like, a weird collection of objects, but it's generally, like, crafts and items you'd find But that's what Little Big Planet always was in its aesthetic. Like, that's just the aesthetic of, like, the main levels of Little Big Planet, like the stuff Media Molecule had made. So I don't really think it's fair to say that they stole it. Because yeah. they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, especially considering that, that after Tendo Little Big Planet it, came out and was a big deal, and they made another one of them, that Nintendo then made, like, what, five games based off of the same aesthetic? Uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn, it, Yoshi's Woolly yes. World, Yoshi's Crafted World. Yeah. It, so I guess you, it's the other way around. I guess for me, I had more of an association yeah. with those other games. I mean, but so granted, the, it's still you've got all the Nintendo characters in there with with that aesthetic, which kind of it's it's up still the really edge a little bit. Yeah, a little a it's, little it's, bit. Yes, exactly, exactly. And it's very similar in design, but it looks great. It's very straightforward. You collect items, you jump on things, you smack things. Have you played a three D platformer in your life? You've played this game. It's like to me, it's like the prototypical like uh, seven out of ten kind of thing. But no, Rich, I'm actually really enjoying it for like a n- nice palate cleanse um, and having it be a new game. I That's, think helps. Just yeah, in- I think for me, it's going to be one of those like when you've had like a a rough day. I'm just going to relax, open a beer, and play a couple levels of this charming, easygoing platformer. And I think yeah. those games are there are games like that that are great for that kind of night. The music is surprisingly fantastic even though it's like a um uh a licensed uh piece but like i said there'll be some shocking stuff in there there's bruno a bruno mars song level that shocked me out of nowhere um and there is one more that i'm not gonna ruin for you but it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna knock you on it's your just ass black my... sabbath 
Oh, oh, it's it's something. But yeah, it's a it's a nice, pleasant time. I think. Glad you're. I think six. It, mine was only sixty. Did you pay sixty for yours, or was it a full seventy? I think no, it wasn't a full seventy. I think I got it in like an Amazon flash sale yesterday. It might have been like forty-five or something. Yeah, I think that's closer to. But where it, I'd like be. looking at the normal price, it wasn't. It's not a full seventy. But I, I think that also falls into the camp of this is also a PS4 game, and those ones seem to only be sixty. Miles Morales was the exception to that because. The, it, the $70 version comes with the original Spider-Man as well. Oh, Sackboy's also on PS4? Yes. I didn't know that. Well, that is, uh, that's something else. I imagine it, I wonder how much the visual wonder there is lost. Anyway, so that's been a nice, pleasant time, and then just, uh, uh, well, uh, to wait for Josh to get back, because we, we've both been playing the Pathless. Um, I did, I was going to, Oh, fuck, I wanted to talk to him about Hades, too. Okay, that's okay. We'll jump to the next one. Um, So, oh, God, Josh is the one who filled out this whole goddamn list, and then he ran away. Shay's got uh, stuff. Shay, you've been... What's that? I said Shay's got stuff. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna, I didn't want to leave the Super Meat Boy stuff either. But Final Fantasy VIII um, is something that Shay's been catching random, been catching up on Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, it's a game that's been sitting in my backlog, the remaster, for a while now, as you guys know. There are some games I just didn't finish as a child, and Final Fantasy VIII was one of the ones that I always wanted to finish and never did. So when the remaster came out, I was like, I need to, I need to actually sit down and finish this game. And I was, I was uh, editing our Chomping After Dark, which should be dropping here very soon, our, our first one of this year. And I was like, I need something to do while I'm sitting here editing this. And so what'd you do I when you finish masturbating? I, well, yeah. <laughs> I can only do that so many times in 30 minutes. but um, Doctor's orders! <laughs> it won't go down, Doctor! Um, I was I was kind of done with Cyberpunk. Uh, I don't really want to go for the achievements right now, if ever. I'm not sure. And I finished Super Meat Boy Forever, and I was kind of... I'm, I'm pretty much done with that game. Like, what I want to play of that game for the most part. So I was like, well, why don't I just go back into my backlog and work more on another game. So Final Fantasy VIII was the first one that popped in mind. I hopped on there, and I had some more of the main story to go. And the nice thing is, with the remaster, you can actually turn off random combat, which is what I've been doing, um, only fighting pretty much the bosses in the game. And it's been really nice, to be honest with you, because I'd fr- like without all the random combat, the game goes by so much more quickly. Just fly through it, yeah. Yeah, I've I've really been just been flying through the story and getting the story bits and the story beats, and it's been really nice because it's like, oh, I actually forgot about this and this and this, and I don't have to spend all these hours grinding um, out levels in this game, which is this is one of the other really nice things about Final Fantasy VIII is you don't have to grind levels like a lot of the other Final Fantasy games from that era. Yeah, if you so, draw and utilize different things in the game properly, like the GFs, then you can. Oh, get you can. Stuff. I, I still always remember perfectly how to. Um, you can uh, do that early on draw, so you're basically just slamming P- uh, Cipher with Ultima by the time you get to the uh, the parade fight, which always leads yeah. to my favorite exchange where he's like, "I won't, I won't be defeated by you," or some like inc- some egregious claim that he's gonna whoop your ass, and then you just one shot him. Yep. It was it was kind of a game you could break. How far are you, Shay, right now? How far have you gotten? So I'm about to go into Luna, Lunatic Pandora um, in current time, which is right before disc four. Um, yeah. 
on the original. So it's like right before everything changes. So right now I'm doing kind of all the extracurricular stuff. I'm getting all the GFs, like the side GFs. I'm getting all the cards. Weapon materials. Um, Make sure you get Odin. Yeah. Make sure I get what? Odin. Odin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, right now I just got Bahamut. I'm in the Deep Sea Research Center. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, I'm grinding out, killing... There's an enemy in there that, that this is a little bit of grinding that I do have to do where you're grinding out, killing one enemy because he gives you certain type of items that you need to get a uh, s- selfie, selfie, s- selfie. I've always said selfie. I, I, I selfie. literally don't know if my pronunciation is correct, but that's always what I said. Yeah, selfies, uh, ultimate weapon. So I'm grinding out, getting items for that right now. I'm doing all the stuff that happens when you finish the main stuff right before you get the, to the path. Uh, to the point of no return in a typical Final Fantasy game. Um, time to go time kill period. God. Yeah, before yeah, before you kill God in its 1,000th reiteration in that series. So I'm just doing all that extra stuff right now. Um, last night I was just doing a little bit of the Deep Sea Research Center stuff and some of the card stuff. So um, it's something that kind of is uh, mindless that when I need a break from literally all the other other stuff that I've been doing it's it's good for like a one hour sit down and to just catch up but I just the, the reason why I wanted to mention it is because um it kind of tied it along with what we were talking about earlier with nostalgia I did not remember the dialogue being as and I mentioned this before as um pokey as I remembered it because like the the one thing that without having randomized battles is that Squall, I didn't realize this as a kid. It didn't make sense. It didn't click until just playing it now because I haven't gone through this game in so long. Is that Squall, Squall's point to start liking Renoa was so abrupt. And I don't know if that was because of the translation or just the way it was written, but it was super off putting to me. And a lot of I'd people think it's forgotten about that's it. when the development team switched. Like I, I think we've definitely talked about that before, Jay. That like the the writing staff on that game changed like halfway through, and a lot of the story seems jarring. As well, it's hard to say if it's because of that. Like a lot of people attribute it to that. Yeah, yeah, it's that would make sense because like from my recollection, it's like Squall over time has kind of whittled down into liking. Um, Renoa, and basically they're dealing with um this huge uh conspiracy with the seeds and the various gardens and the sorceresses. Um, and then I and I didn't remember this until just having played it the past few days. You are doing the the mission on Galbadia Garden, and Zell wants to borrow Squall's ring, and then. Suddenly, Renoa is uh, taken over by the spirit of Sorceress Adele or her consciousness, and then suddenly Squall's like, "Well, well, fuck! We gotta, we gotta figure out what's going on with Renoa. Fuck!" And like he's like, "I can now. Like, now like, you I can." Fucking die! And like, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" You made me care. Yeah, exactly. I care now. Now but, I care. <laughs> I, I w- it was a little bit jarring, and it's just something I didn't remember, and I think it's more exacerbated <laughs> by the fact that I haven't been doing a lot of the random battles. That would have probably given it a little bit of time to breathe. You but. haven't shot Renoa's dog at monsters enough? Mm. 
went back, went out <laughs> the back dog and launcher yeah. Angelo so the dog. yeah no yeah. if you're and playing it properly uh it would take an extra long time because you've got to draw as much from any enemy that shows up and then turn them into a card so you don't accidentally get experience from them yeah yeah that would be we'll a do um yeah you don't want to accidentally get experience we'll... and level up because that would be that's a fucking noob mistake in final fantasy 8 we could just be we got to be breaking this draw system baby i need drawn mm-hmm. i need i need to junction ultima to my gun blade and let's just get this over with um, but yeah, so we're going to do a very random Chomping After Dark next month that uh, patrons will get early where we talk about Final Fantasy talk 8, about which is really... Everybody Loves Norg. Everybody Loves Norg. And now that Josh has returned, Shay's been chomping at the bit to talk about the, the violent tale of a boy and his meat. It's champing uh, at the bit. Actually, it's a tale of two meats and their kidnapped baby meat. It's actually a tale of three meats. <laughs> the, the tale of a three meets. Yeah. Um, Super Meat Boy Forever. Cut trio if you would. Hell of a deli platter. Now, I thought someone was going to make a that's the name of your porn tape joke, but you know. Name of our sex tape. Mm-hmm. That's right. It was, it was low hanging fruit. Low hanging meat, if you will. Ew. I'm but curious. Yeah, no, to... I've, <clears throat> I've been really excited to talk about this game with you guys. Obviously, you, you guys know that this was one of my most anticipated games of 2019 and then 2020. Uh, I absolutely love the original, so I've been patiently waiting ever since this sequel has been announced. And I've tried to withhold any kind of skepticism or immense optimism for the game. I've tried to kind of sit right in the middle because one of the interesting things is the original is an amazing, tight, influential platformer that when it first released it did a lot of things for both the indie industry and as well as platformers but this one is was announced as a runner and when i heard that i was like man that's not what i want out of a sequel but over the years because it took forever for them to release it i try to kind of uh stabilize that disappointment to some degree, and just go into it with an open mind. So when it finally was announced that it was going to be dropping December 22nd, I believe was the release date, I was excited. I found myself excited. Um, I remember popping it on and getting to the title screen. The title screen music is very similar to the first. It's heavy metal. It's aggressive. Um, it looks similar to the original. And I was really excited at that point. I absolutely was like, this is going to be awesome. Even if it's a runner, even if it's not, even if it's not exactly what I want, the vibe is still the same here. And you get into the opening um, FMV, and they put a lot of work into those M- FMVs, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But the FMV has very similar humor style to the original. Basically, me, boy, bandage, girl. Um, have had a child, and of course Dr. Fetus comes out of nowhere to steal the child, and you and Bandage Girl have to go rescue the child. I mean, it's a very simple story. And the world, the first area opens up very much like the original game, where you are being shown the very basic skills of Meat Boy, the game, Meat Boy Forever. And it's good, it's fine. Um... And as I found myself playing it, one of the things I noticed is a lot of the music 
had core elements and core themes in the original game. I did not like the music initially. Like the the first world's music did nothing for me. It well, it, it, the first world was a direct um, homage to yeah, very direct homage to Super Meat Boy because it was like the even the boss, the wood chipper, the the forest. It was all straight out of the first Meat Boy. I mean, I mean a lot of the a lot of the worlds harken back to the original, but the music just did nothing for me. Um, as you go further into the game. It's still really fun. It's still a really fun game. Uh, a lot of the pinpoint platforming is still there, but it's been modified to accommodate a runner, essentially. So what was groundbreaking about the original, which was the pinpoint preciseness to what you can do for a platformer where you could hold the jumping for as long or as short as you want, and you real you really feel like you have a greater sense of control of Meat Boy. Insane amount of agency. There's, there's, yes, absolutely. And you can slide up and down the walls to basically position yourself to where exactly you need to jump next. There's a lot of, as Rich is saying, an, a, 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 lar- a greater sense of agency there. And it's not to say that this, it, it isn't in this game, but it feels like what made that game so innovative and so important for the genre kind of took a back seat to make a game that feels very middle of the road in terms of mechanics. Um, I feel like being on rails takes being on rails in that sense takes a lot of that out of it. I don't have the same urge that I did with the original super meat boy. Like I'll pick this up for bursts of like 20 to 30 minutes at a time, but sometimes I've had enough and just want to put it down because I, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels on something. The, like you were saying, the pixel perfect jumps do not feel good in a runner because it's not you figuring out exactly how to make this run up and doing the thing. It's just a matter of you timing it. That's that's all it is. And that is There's no so way to figure out much, the approach. It's so much less satisfying when it's just figure out exactly where the timing is on this one jump. Um then when you're doing the positioning, you're deciding whether or not you want to run here. You're deciding whether or not you want to, like, one of the weird things, like, it makes no sense, but, like, feels good in the game, is you can start to run in the middle of a jump in the first Meat Boy, so you can get more, you know, height, and then speed up as you move forward through the jump. Like, you, you are in just absolute control the whole time and in this it's a two-button game um it just it's it's kind of more about just dying over and over and then just it's like a puzzle it's more of a puzzle game um to me because you get to these sections well it was always a puzzle platformer yeah, you'll just do it over and over again until like oh okay I need to drop here and then you go to the next part kind of a thing it's very different yeah, I wa- it's. I want to say one thing really quick because I remember this because it pissed me off so much ten, 11 years ago now when we were talking about Super Meat Boy. I had said it was a puzzle platformer, and I remember specifically, specifically, I remember this. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just funny to me to hear this now. Morgan gave me a ton of shit for calling it a puzzle platformer. He said it wasn't a puzzle game. So to hear 11 years later, to hear him... <laughs> 
<laughs> Call the, he's, these he's, two he's remembering, of remembering game. that conversation from the other perspective 11 years later. It's it, if, well, it, this one, it's, this one is a puzzle. Plot. That's what I'm saying. The original by making was it a Morgan. Runner, by making it a checkpoint runner, they actually turned it into a puzzle based platformer. I didn't feel that way about the original. It always was. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe more so. Maybe just maybe they've sort of expanded that out because it's not so much about the precise platforming as it is just kind of figuring out and you'll just I, kind of die over and over. I see and what over. you're saying. There are less unique solutions or less seemingly yeah. unique solutions in this game because it's more on rails to make it feel more like a puzzle game. With, with yeah, that, it I feels will like that at least. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it feels like that. In the first one, it feels like one of the interesting things was not just getting to the end, but you had a time that you were trying to get to the end by. Like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get here. I've got to figure out the best path through this. You don't figure that out here. If you want to speed up, you just do the little dash move. And you're and you're moving faster. That's that's the the entire mechanic and, and of like speeding up in this game. And it's just like that's not it's interesting like to, at all. To shave a few milliseconds off, maybe your the arc of your jump isn't as um, defined, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel good. Like to say to do the time trial challenges here doesn't feel good at all. To look for the hidden items in this game doesn't feel nearly as good as the original mm-hmm. because I've said the, the fuck thing you got to cons- more often than the I thing did you got to consider original. about the original is if you fucked up you missed it you die and then you start the level over again and yeah it might be frustrating even when you get the collectible and you die but I mean that's on you at the end of the day with this game because it's a runner and because of its checkpoint system which in the checkpoint system is necessary for a game like this on the flip side of that when you put in collectibles that are very difficult to get to at first few glance, if you go past it by accident, you hit mm-hmm. a checkpoint, or you just miss seeing the collectible at all, you can't go back to a previous checkpoint to get that. You basically got to start the whole level over. And with Which how much longer so these much levels worse. are, yeah. it's not nearly as fun. It's not a, nearly a, as rewarding. A, a, it's worse just period. But B... They've added in collectibles that you'll hit one time and then it'll move. And you hopefully you notice that because several times I've grabbed one of those things. Oh, I got the thing I'm supposed to collect. Moved on. Get to the end. They're like, nope, you didn't collect it. It moved somewhere after you hit it the first time. And then you have to restart it. You didn't even know you missed the, and, um, the, the, the collectible. J- Josh and yeah. I actually talked about that, like missing the collectible thing. Could have been fixed by them. Again, it's a two-button game. You could map other stuff to other buttons. They should have put in, like, a suicide button. Like, yeah. so you could be like, I missed this collectible. I want to revert to the last checkpoint. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a simple, elegant solution, but it's something that wasn't one, considered. So the time trials, game, Shay, I the think time trials would... don't feel as good in this game. The collectibles don't feel as good in this game. The platforming, while it still feels really good, doesn't feel as good in this game. So I think a lot of the magic from the original game has kind of been lost in the sequel. But to its credit, I want to give a few positive notes here because we're kind of sitting here just shitting on this game. And I don't there's think it's really bad. Good there's about there's this game. good stuff there. Yeah, yeah. There, definitely a lot of the mechanics that they introduced to make it more, than, more interesting than just a basic runner was really cool. Some of the different mechanics you get into later in the game 
are really, really fascinating and unique. And you really, it harkens back to the original where you kind of have to break the mold of how you normally think you would get through an area. I like I the really bosses like more too. Um, well, I was gonna, I was gonna oh, say okay, that I, as well. Yeah, the bosses I, I figured are, you felt the same way yeah, based yeah, on yeah, the conversations yeah, yeah. we had had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the bosses in this game, I read some article that was shitting on the bosses, and I wanted to reach through my fucking phone screen and punch this asshole because this the bosses are the best part about. I this miss game. being in the press far mm. and away. Do far they get and away, I, the bosses mm. are the best part. They're the most. Fun. I gotta no, say, they are the I best part. Not... They're still not good. They're not good, but they require the most strategy out of the game. I think. <laughs> Well, hold, okay, now I'm confused. I the first I've only be I've only done the first boss, and I found it like really frustrating. And like I was like, well, I, I don't know. I I found the whole thing once that was, boss clicked for me. I was kind of I, I was having a good time with it. Um, yeah, like I I the, okay. It, it almost feels like that is the bigger uh, like unification of the puzzle element. Like once I had fully figured out, like okay, I understand his patterns and how he responds to what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and once all that clicked and I could just get it, it, it felt good. The boss, yeah, like the, that's the kind of thing about this whole game. And this is why I actually like the boss battles. And I know Josh is saying they're not good. I kind of disagree and I kind of agree at the same time, but the boss battles in this one, it goes along with the same premise of you're going to die a lot of times because it's a meat boy game. But the thing is when, to kind of expand upon Rich's point, when you figure it out, some of those bosses, like some of the bosses that you fight against or you go off against, are not that difficult. The first boss, once there's you just a rhythm to the, it. Once you figure out the pattern and the, I won't say the trick of it, but what the game is trying to get you to accomplish with this the, boss the battle. Flow. Yeah. I beat the boss like once I figured everything out. I think the first time that yeah. once I once I pieced everything together, it was super easy. Because I think what's important to say there is it, it's less of a pattern. And more of you figuring out, here's how he's going to respond to the actions I take. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the boss goes really quickly once you figure that all out. That being said, the further you get in the game, the bosses obviously get harder. The final boss pissed me off a few times, for yeah. sure. And it I took me a while, but... Some of, some of this was in the original, but I felt in this one a lot of the time it was less about seeing something coming than it was about memorizing what you can get away with. Like, especially that first one, like the, the attacks haven't started like, Oh, I can get three hits in. No, you can get two period. If the boss is already moving, you cannot react to it and then jump away in time because of the way the mechanics work. Uh, it's just like you, you learn what you can get away with. You learn the timing for this thing and then you do it perfectly. Um, they just, they felt more like memorization than it felt like, you know, reacting quickly. And, and it, again, a lot of that was in the original. Um, like there was, there is a ton of memorization in that game. It's, it's not unique. I just feel like it stands. It's not that it stands out more, but it, it, it's, it happens more it's, often in this. Yeah. With runners, memorization is generally more key to the experience, but. Um, yeah. I like yeah, that's honestly a terrible runner. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love the first one. I've not liked. I didn't really like two. Or is there I a third? don't. I think there's a there third. is a there is a third one. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I played three at all. I definitely like one more than two. Yeah. Well, the thing oddly, completely, completely 
a tangent here, but yeah, I I think one is better because you you can you can see what your max score is going to be in an area. It's it's a matter of doing it, sort of a thing. Whereas in two, you you get points for fucking around and just hitting random buttons and shit. So it's it's I don't know. I just I never felt the draw to like try to perfect a run because perfecting a run means button mashing through the whole thing, um, to try to just increase your score by screwing around instead of just you know learning where stuff is and and you know being on the beat and it it was weird. It was it was a weird switch to that. I right. I wonder if um, one of the reasons, I mean, there's no way of knowing it's just sort of fun speculation because the, 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 the meat bros team meat ended up splitting up. And by the way, Shay, I was going to say, it's not like the greatest thing ever, but you'd probably enjoy the end is nigh a lot more than you enjoyed um, this game, which I'm is, sure, I, I'm sure I would the, because the game Edmund went on to, I think it's the more talented make, half of team meat that worked on that. Game. Um, well, I don't even know that. I just know that it's, it plays a lot more like, Super Meat Boy. Oddly enough, yeah. it's more of a puzzle platformer because y- you you have less agency. You don't have like the infinite wall jumps and stuff. They specifically place ledges you can grab onto and stuff. It's kind of it's yeah. it's tuned to be more of a. It's still really really. Um, you have you have a ton of control. It's just less control than Super Meat Boy. Um, yeah, but um, what I was gonna say was. Like I the whole time playing the game, I'm just thinking like, why did I'm just wondering like, I wonder why they decided to make a runner. It's just a fascinating decision to me. I I um, don't know. I one thing I wonder I where the on... contention started there because I feel like a lot of that is probably part of contention around the game, uh, around them yeah. splitting. Yeah, yeah. One thing I want to say is to Josh's point about the whole memorization thing. I think it's definitely more, more a little bit more prominent here, and it's gonna feel more prominent because a it's a runner. B, there are less levels as well because the levels here are bigger. So it requires you to do a lot more memorization. Um, And that's part of the reason why I hated the last boss. Mm. Um, Like it was epic and I acknowledge it, but I did not enjoy that last boss because every, it didn't feel like it was much of a point of skill in that game, which is what the original Meat Boy was about. And that's what largely Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy Forever was about was yeah, there's a lot more memorization, but there's still some level of skill involved there. Where the final boss, and you know, I I went through it. Basically, you jump off the wall and you jump, or you you hit the power up. You you hit the 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 uh, wall to to, or you hit the the area to form the wall. You jump off the side wall, and then you jump. You avoid his three blasts, and then you jump into the area using the power up, and then you have exactly twelve hits you can get in before you have to get to the next area, otherwise you get killed. And then you jump up, um, wall jump against the side of the wall ten times, and then you go to the next area, you, you jump over three of his blasts, and then you get <laughs> into the next area, you're punching him twelve times, after that's done, you go into the next area, wall jumping ten times. It, it's something I still remember very vividly, because I had to memorize it um, in order yeah. to beat the final boss. And it's, to me, that's not as fun. Um, Yes, there is still some level of memorization involved, but when it becomes less about skill and more about memorization, the memorization becomes the focal point as compared to the skill. It's not as interesting or as fun for me. Yeah, um, and I, I think yeah, part of that yeah. is just the nature of a runner because, like, even outside of the bosses, 
several areas you'll get to not know how to get through it first. And okay, that's fine. You can't stop and look at it. You just die and then you're not looking at the thing you're trying to figure out. Yep. So you've got to get there and in half a second, figure out what you're doing. And if you want an extra half a second to figure out what you're doing, you've got to get there again. Like that's like, like it's not a big difference, but it's, it's enough of a difference to make it really stand out whenever you get to an area you're stuck with, because it feels less like, Oh, I need to figure this out. than it feels like, Oh, I'm just going to die here over and over again, a million times to even have a chance to look at what I'm trying to figure out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that they changed it to a runner. I, I, like I said, I've enjoyed certain aspects about it, but when you have that much agency in the prequel and then they take so much of that away, it, it, it's confusing. It's definitely confusing. If this was the original game and then super meat boy was the sequel that I think that would be a much easier transition right there. Right. Yeah. And when you think about the doing the the time taking trials. agency away is a weirder decision than adding it, it. is a weirder decision yeah i don't so, know how many times i've been stuck to a wall and thought oh i'll just walk up i'll, I'll do a, sh- a short jump hang out of this wall and look at what i'm doing again and then i'll go flying off in the other direction because there's no like jumping up against the same wall like i'm just yeah i've got an idea of my head of what i want to do of how meat boy should work and then and this, this doesn't do actively it. working against it yeah right exactly and i've had exactly. to fight against and that so many times while learning it. it this would be easier if you i i think the game is would legitimately be easier if you'd never played the first one um i think so too i think so too one one of the things that was interesting for me is that like you're saying that you don't have a lot of time to sit there and think about it so it's kind of not really a timer type of thing, but you have such limited amount of time. Whereas in the original, like you're saying, you could sit on the wall and you could figure out what am I going to do next? How am I going to do it? And you may not make the the time frame to what you want to. Like if you're trying to beat a certain time to get an A plus on a level, mm-hmm. you can just do it again. And because they're much smaller or not much smaller, much shorter levels that you feel like, okay, well I can do that again. And it's no problem. And you feel the the desire to want to go and do that again you have you you feel like it's within your grasp to be able to finish a level you, the way you want to finish it and mm-hmm. it just speaks back to that taking away that level of agency i think was not the best move here and yeah it's it's a bummer it's a bummer because they, there are a lot of well, things that go right for this game like the fmvs they put a ton of work into those fmvs and they're really funny and they're really cute and they're really enjoyable. I've seen some people rip those online. I don't know why. I thought they were hilarious and fun, and I enjoyed sitting there and watching them. I almost sat, enjoyed sit, sitting there and watching them more than I enjoyed playing some aspects of the game or certain levels of the game. So I don't know why anyone would rip those FMVs because they're well. It's probably just because you're a massive Meat Boy fan, jerks. so you well, were getting, they're the same oh. humor as it was a decade ago, and it's kind of. I don't know. I think it really stands out like against everything else. We don't else. do the the dumb edgy like Dr. Fetus just as a concept is fucking absurd now if we're not being you know the edge lords that we were back in the day and <sighs> That's a good point. That's a good point. If I'm looking at it from someone who is brand new to this this uh 
this world, this universe, then yeah, that's a fair point. Absolutely. If you've played the original game, it's not jarring at all. If it's you basically the same thing it, as far as like tone wise. The, the thing that um the thing that kind of bums me out a little like I don't hate the game at all. I I wouldn't say I I particularly like the game either. I'm just sort of like I've only played the first world and I'm just sort of like neutral on it. Um but the the thing that kind of bums me out is like the I, I went to buy this game a couple days after it launched and I was expecting to see it on the Switch charts. Check both of them, the download charts. Wasn't even in the top thirty. Um, the reviews were just shitting all over it. Half the people I talked to don't even know the game exists. It's just, the whole thing just seems sad, you know? Like, the first Super Meat Boy is, like, one of the best games, one of the best plat- platformers ever, and this game just feels like kind of a, it's An like it's not even, it doesn't really feel relevant, and mm-hmm. it, it's just kind of sad, and I don't, I, yeah. I, it just, the whole thing bums me out, you know? Yeah, well, I, th- yeah, yeah, I'll let you go, Josh. Well, no, like, no, <laughs> I don't want to go back to shitting on the game. Uh, since we kind of gave that up, but like I was not expecting much, and somehow I'm still disappointed with what we got. Um, Yeah, no Super Mario Run, that's for sure. I mean, honestly, yeah. Like as far as runners (laughs) go, yeah. Uh, Like I don't know. Like that one was more interesting with the way they handled the collectibles. I don't. I don't know. Like I just. I'm. I am. If the best thing about Super Meat Boy was the the agency and the control you guys are talking about, it is a little strange that they would take away the best thing about the original game, you would say, right? Yeah, because it was absolutely. just, it was absolutely the tightest, most, this character will do what you tell him to do. You could land your meat on the tiniest smidge of land between something and sling off it with perfect precision. Yeah. You'd be like, people would watch you play it like you were a ninja, a meat ninja. Yeah. And- There's literally <laughs> one other platformer that I can think of that has that level of control that the original or uh, the first Super Meat Boy had. Oh, Celeste. Yeah. Well, I guess the, then that's two. I wasn't thinking Celeste. I, was <laughs> I don't thinking know. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, just because of all the abilities that they give you. Yeah. They're, yeah, can, there's a lot of control in that there, game. There, there are a lot talk. of games that, that do this, but again, it's kind of... No, Josh, there's only two. There's only two. There's, there's, there's only N two, plus, Josh. There's when you, when you live in Morgan's there's... bubble, there's only two. Yeah. I'm yeah. the one who said when, it. When you, play, when you play a game a year, there's only two. It's the AAA martyr bubble. Yeah. What? These Look, there's Rich, a lot of all my diarrhea guys. going to your head. Honestly, I'm bubbles. getting pretty delirious. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> he's getting a little diarrhea. Delirious. Huh. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, come on, man. You should have just let that breathe in your brain for a few more seconds to be like, should I say this? Let me workshop but, it a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know, but like, again, I don't get that feeling from this at all, and it's just that is the most disappointing thing about it to me. Um, yeah. It's that's I think that's a big reason why the magic is gone from this. And it's it's a shame because there there are still really interesting things about this game. Like the bonus levels are all Meat Boy inspired takes on some of Nintendo's most classic franchises. Like if you go into one of the uh warp zones, which are some of the hidden levels throughout each world, that one of them takes you to punch out. And it's a Meat Boy inspired punch out, and it's really freaking awesome. And it's it it was a very unexpected thing because the warp zones in the original game were just either eight bit versions of of various Meat Boy levels, or they were much more difficult 
mm-hmm. Meat Boy levels that would garner you. I loved everything characters. about that Punch Out thing. Like I have not gotten that far in the game yet, but after you uh, talked about it, I went to like watch a video of it, and I'm like, I love. Yeah, everything that's happening here. But I also yeah. have I really love Punch Out a lot, so that's oh, yeah. probably part yeah. of it. Punch Out is amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's not the only one too. I can't remember the title of the racing game, but they put a racing game. I think it's it's not F one zero. It's it's is, an old Nintendo racing F-Zero. game. F zero. But anyways, F zero is what is it? F one zero? No, F zero is the game you're I, thinking of. F zero. Yeah, I guess F one zero doesn't make any sense. But um, that'd be F ten. The fifty twos, rock lobster. But I I like that it's clear that the people who are making the game, and I think this is kind of a redundant statement, clearly have love and affinity for old games. gaming as a whole and mm-hmm. older games, and this a certain was, generation of games in particular, right? Yeah. yeah, and it was clear in the original Meat Boy. I just at the end of the day, I think a lot of the magic of the original was lost because they took away a lot of the agency and also because, and I think Josh to some point is right now that the way he phrased it, I can understand it is that the humor is 11 years old. This game released far way, way too late. It had it released in 2015, five years later, I think it would have been a much more forgivable and palatable story, but in 2021, where humor in gaming has kind of moved beyond that in some ways, and someone who has never played the original steps up to play this game, they're not going to know what the hell is going on. Um, it was it was more is is more a sign of the times in 2010 than it than it is in 2021. Unfortunately, I still think that the game is fun. Um, to kind of wrap to wrap up our thoughts on I still think the game is fun. I'm not I don't regret that I spent money on this game. I I was still really excited to play this game. I regret and, that I spent money on it twice. <laughs> well, I I would too. Um I regret I don't regret that because it's is a fun game. It was fun to go through one time. I'm only sad because I know the potential that the original game had and this game doesn't have the same level of potential. I, I don't feel compelled to collect anything in this game. I I really don't feel compelled to go back and do the the dark dark world, which is a harder yeah. version of the original levels in Super Meat Boy Forever, which you accomplish by um beating the level faster than the than the time limit. I don't feel compelled to do any of that. I don't feel compelled to collect any of the collectible items. I don't feel collect um I don't feel the the need to do any of the warp zones to unlock all the additional characters. I don't really care at this point who the additional characters are like I did in the original. And it's because a lot of the magic is gone. A lot of the agency is taken away from you. And to be honest with you, I I did enjoy this game. The boss battles are awesome. Some of the music's amazing. Some of it's eh. And I did like the FMVs for what they were, being a fan of the original game. And I think that's going to be true for the most part across the board to some degree that anyone who enjoyed the original game will enjoy the FMVs to some extent. But as someone, to think about it objectively, as someone new coming to this game, this game doesn't really offer anything new or that exciting, um, to be honest with you. 
you know why I think you and I like the FMVs, Shay? Now that I think about it, I think they just become this thing of like we're just nostalgic for the original Meat Boy, and they're just particularly scratching that itch. Yeah, like this game has really made me want to go back and play the original Super Meat Boy again. It hell, it's made me want to go back and play Meat Boy again. (laughs) The Flash, the Flash game. Um, Oh, I got some bad news for you. (laughs) I know, I know. Well. Actually, a lot of that Flash stuff has been preserved yeah, by a lot of, um, yeah. historical ga- the Historical Gaming Society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they're probably you could probably go find that somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere, yeah. But I, I think I think that sums up my thoughts right there perfectly. Rich is basically, I think this is a fun game. But if somebody wanted to play it, I'd say go play the original. You'll have more fun, and it's a more rewarding experience at the end of the day. A game that released 11 years ago that is the quote-unquote prequel to this game is a lot more fun. And holds up um, really well. It does. It's, yeah, it's still an incredible game in 2021. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to completely shit on this game. Um, we're not going to obviously do a Chomping After Dark on it. I would say if there's a sale and you have an affinity for the original, it's definitely worth your time. Or if you're a massive fan of runners, I think some of the mechanics that they in- introduced or integrated into this game are fun uh they're they're not something that like you're in one area and you may use a newly introduced mechanic once or twice in two different one or two different levels but after that you don't really use it that much anymore so they kind of keep the experience fresh to some extent i think part of that is the other issue these levels aren't so much when you start the game you have a randomly seated set of mechanics that are going into these levels like you're not playing the same it's not identical per playthrough um it's not like the most massive seed thing i think you've got like what is it? i'd have to look at the thing again i like, don't even know what this it's, it's like a dozen options per half a world so like any any it's it's a weird sort of thing like you're picking two two different mechanics per world is kind of what your seed ends up being. Um, it just makes so me whether... think of that weird time, like uh, five years ago when I don't know why I have a weird memory of this, just because I think it was a good ad campaign, I guess mm-hmm. Burger King had one of those like mix and match, like four for oh, four yeah, style yeah, yeah, menus. Yeah. And the slogan was like, the possibilities are literally seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, like whether or not you have stuff show back up is going to be what your seed is. Um, and I, once I saw there's an option to just pick your seed instead of having it do the thing, I'm like, okay, I want to oh, see all the mechanics in here. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, you can, I don't know, it's like X or something. Whenever you're going to start a new a new save file, you can just pick a seed. And you cannot see all the mechanics in one playthrough. Um, because there's more of that. I, I assume it's mechanics because like I I got to World 2 and that's where I had the ghosts set on my save file and i started getting the little straight jacket ghosts mechanic uh okay where you'll hit them and they'll move and you'll hit them and they'll move again um yeah and it's interesting because i think you can play through level i i need to see how they do it i i'm assuming they've got like scripted levels but with like different ways to play through them based off of which mechanic you have currently set for that world for that seed um but like there's there's a ton of good ideas here but like just just handcraft that like have have there be some sort of progression like okay i've never seen this mechanic here there's a couple levels based off of this new thing 
And it, it, it seems like they had so many ideas that instead of finding a place for them, they just kind of shoved them in there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like I wanted more, more like, just like a more handcrafted experience, which when you get to some of those bonus levels, some of the stuff that you're talking about, well, that's what it is. That that's the handcrafted stuff. That's why the bosses feel really good. That's why these side things that are specifically made in, are just the best parts of the game. Um, mm-hmm. That's a fair point because that actually reminded me of the thing I fucking couldn't stand about this game. I can't believe I've forgotten about this and thank God you mentioned it. The, the final world, and I won't reveal because it's a, it's a unique world to this game. Like a lot, the other four worlds are inspired by the original game, but the fifth world is something completely unique. And they decided to integrate something into this game that I, for the life of me, don't fucking understand why they did this. But the the final world, uh, each level is randomly generated. And what I mean by that is you enter the world, it's the same name, it's quote unquote the same level, but it's different for each person. So, for example, and Rich and Josh will know exactly what I'm talking about, they probably already do. When you go into one of those levels... If you don't know how to fucking solve it, because some of those levels in the final world are incredibly difficult. You don't have a guide to help you figure it out because it's each uniquely generated to your game. So if for me, I got stuck, I had gotten stuck on one level for about 30 minutes and then I put it away, tried again another day, got stuck again, tried it another day. I could not figure it out for the life of me. It was such a tiny part in the level. I just couldn't figure it out. I tried looking it up online, and that's when I learned that each level is different for each person in the last world. So, of course, the good guys that they are, Josh and Rich sat down with me, and we kind of all just sat there and talked through it. And then we, we, the three of us, we eventually figured out what I needed to do there. And That's a fun little hang we had that time. It, it yeah. was a fun little hang. And, I, you know, you know, Hey, Super Meat Boy Forever <laughs> brought us closer. But at the same time, I acknowledge the fact that that is like very much old school styling of game, style of gaming, where you figure shit out for yourself. And if you can't figure yeah. it out, you either call you go to the playground. You, yeah, I or you, think you that go that, to the playground. Yeah. Again, like I was mentioning before, I think I think the number of seeds is relatively small-ish, just because of like it's it's not tiny, but I think eventually people will have this mapped out but yeah i mean that's if anybody sticks around with it and i'm currently not on board for theory crafting super meat boy forever to discover all its secrets it's um like that's that's something i would have felt compelled to do with the first one but i'm just but not here yeah this is not the sort of game that i'm going to be invested in to put that sort of effort into finding this stuff so so yeah it may be forever an unsolved mystery um what level you get that's exactly at the end well then we'll just we'll figure it out in the next season of that netflix revival of unsolved mysteries it'll be fun Mm -hmm. right (laughs) that's that's my point josh is that it would have been interesting if there was enough here going for the game i would have been more accepting of the challenge of having to break through my mental barrier on how to get through this one part in this level but because I don't, the, the agency has been significantly lessened in this game. The, the hook isn't as addictive. To try and figure out this one area, I was like, 
do I even fucking care about finishing this game at this point? Which I wanted to just for the sake of having a complete picture of this game for when we talked about it here. And also because I love the original so much. But had it been a game that didn't have the word Meat Boy on it, and it was just a runner, I would have just left it at that point. I would have been like, I'm fucking done with this game. Without the pedigree, it it doesn't it probably doesn't get a second glance. Yeah, I get what you yeah, mean. Exactly. Yeah, I had exactly. a section like that so. in uh, literally the first level of the second world, where I mean, it wasn't I wasn't identical, but it was the same sort of situation where out of nowhere the game had been pretty easy, and then there is a series of pixel perfect jumps that are not just pixel perfect, but because of the way the game is made, you have to start them from the right pixel perfect jump. Otherwise you can never finish the thing. Um, yeah. Just out of nowhere. There's, there's, um, there are a few of those in that game, unfortunately. And so like, I'm just cruising along and get to this level and like, uh, okay, am I, maybe it's a different path. I've got to go somewhere else. No, it was the path that I thought, the obvious looking one. It's just that they had, I don't know if it was the the seed I got or something, but like... You're doing it wrong. It was just timed out where you had to do pixel perfect jumps for the entire section just out of nowhere. On World 2, like early on into this thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of littered throughout the game, unfortunately. And it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's definitely not nearly as enjoyable as anything I did in the first game. And there are some def- there are definitely some frustrating things about the first game. I'll never forget the the trio levels of the kid. Like that was one of the most frustrating things I've ever done in my life in video games. Mm-hmm. If uh, any- anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, just type in uh, YouTube Super Meat Boy the Kid levels, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I that took those three levels took me I think a total of eight hours to beat. They're incredibly incredibly difficult. But um, yeah. anyways, <laughs> and and like in game time that was like it, forty seconds. Maybe is it weird that I do one hundred percent know what you mean? But yeah. anytime somebody says the kid, I just wistfully stare up and think about Bastion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, you know what? That's a. I think that's probably the better kid to think about because mm-hmm. I fucking love Bastion. But anyways, um. The kid keeps rolling, but that he do. I, I, I will say to to summarize because we've summarized like three times now. Uh, <laughs> that basically the game is a middle of the road game for me. At the end of the day, if it didn't have Meat Boy, the word Meat Boy on it, I would have probably been harsher on it. To be honest with you, um, I hope going forward that if they decide to make another Meat Boy game, that they kind of make it more accessible. Um, like, like the first one is a hard game, but it's, I feel like it's more accessible than this game. Yeah. Which is weird. Um, I hope they make it more accessible. I hope that they give the player more agency again, if they decide to release a third meat boy game. Um, if is, if this is the last game in the, the meat boy world that we get, I'm just going to pretend the first one is the only one that <laughs> exists at that point because it is far and away the superior game. I think it's one of the best games created ever. Yeah. Um, where this one is a very middle of the road game. So that's where I'm at with it. I don't know if you guys have any other prevailing or remaining uh, thoughts. My, my last about the game. thought is I hope the next time we're talking about Meat Boy, it's to say that we're really excited that him and the Prince of All Cosmos are coming to Smash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it'd be cool to see him be integrated into Smash, I think, especially. And that's the one good thing about this game is like because it introduces all these abilities that it would give him something to do more, in that game. Like, <laughs> yeah, something like a move set in uh, Smash. Because as the original, he didn't have much. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, you just jumped. Set. Yep. Slid and jumped. But well, now he has my, my thought moves, for yeah. adding him to that game was not to like harp on that was like, you could sure do a whole lot with a character who's made of meat. Yeah, you could. You could. And I think I honestly think equally interesting. Something that's equally interesting is if he does actually get integrated into Super Smash, what his level would look like, you know, because there there are so many things they could do with that. You know, I, I actually don't hope they add any other abilities. Actually, I hope he has exactly zero attacks because I don't know if the, the it's been in a couple. I think it's been a couple games. I think the last two, but like it's more pronounced in this one. Um, you know about toadstool jumping? You can you can jump off of another character if they're on the ground, if they're midair. Um, okay. If you had a character as fast as Meat Boy, someone who ostensibly would be even faster than Sonic, just make that the kit. Like you don't have any attacks. That's his whole you just thing. jump on somebody's head. Like you have to find your you know find your windows to actually just jump on somebody. That'd be kind of wild. That'd be cool. It'd be completely I mean, wild. Get... I don't think it would actually work, but it'd be really interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if it worst case scenario, you could give him a punch that you get from Super Meat Boy Forever if he really needs something or a slide. Yeah. Slide, punch, and jump. That would be funny. And it'd be interesting enough, but I think, I think, yeah. Well, yeah, that's Super Meat Boy Forever. I don't really <laughs> want to say anything else about the game. I don't think I'm ever cool. going to talk about the game ever again. That's a shame. <laughs> that's a shame for a, a totally different reason. Um, Put that on the box. I don't think I'm ever going to talk about this game ever, ever again. <laughs> Super, Super Meat Boy <laughs> Forever. Let's this to bed <laughs> yeah pretty much but um uh, what time is it now like wh- what are we hitting maybe it'd be a good idea to uh, take our t- we should probably take our second break take, take our quick. second break before josh comes up to there. uh talk about five games for the rest of the show oh i know yes yeah i've knocked out so much stuff like i've complained about my backlog for the last couple months and i've actually done something about it over the over the our little break here so it was nice. It was nice. But yeah, let's go on our quick, our second break really quick. Uh, and we will be right back with the Chompcast. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shay. You know what I was thinking about this week? I want to spend my money on a lot of different things, like a wall clock, a face mask, a puzzle, and a t-shirt. You know where I could spend that kind of money? I was thinking about webbed feet, but if you want all that, you can find it at store.swordchomp.com. Oh, store.swordchomp.com. And I've heard they have a bunch of different logos, too. I've heard they have the Sword Chomp logo, the Chomping After Dark logo, and they just recently got up the In the Blood and the Evoking the Sublime logo as well. The rumors are true. Well, that's good. That's good. So if you out there are interested at all, head to store.swordchomp.com. That's store.swordchomp.com. See you there. All right, we are back from our break. Morgan is currently... Well, to be honest with you, I don't know where Morgan is. Uh, He vanished. Suddenly, in Tokyo. No, uh, he's currently tending to a family matter right now. So we're going to hop into the 
back end of the show. Um, don't make any sexual jokes there about hopping in the back end, please. Uh, Josh played another game that I've never heard of. Looked it up right before we started talking about it. Looks really, really fascinating. It's called Old Straight Roads. No, it isn't. And the stop it. It's no the the game looks really fascinating. <laughs> no, that's not what it's called. Looks... <laughs> no straight roads. No straight roads. I thought you said old straight roads. You did say old straight I roads. Said... Did I? Yeah. I don't know why I said old. And like you were, you were like, stop it. I'm like, what do you mean? No, that's really not what it's called. <laughs> I thought I said no. It Sorry, didn't even register. No that's road. what he said. I'm sitting there staring at the title as I say it too. <laughs> Jesus. Old straight roads. Isn't that the song? It's like we're not doing another bit saying? about it being plural. We've Am done I being that. We've already, we've already hit that joke. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Sorry. No straight roads. The art style looks really, really unique. Um, the premise is awesome. I'm going to let Josh take it away from here. Tell us about this game. Yeah, uh, this is one that I had been looking forward to before it came out. And then it like it. I don't I've mentioned this over and over again, that this year has been just packed full of great games, um, especially if you rightly play the indie games uh, that are actually good. but. Uh, this game is an action game where um, you are playing as uh, two characters that you can swap between or play. Um, it's got like a couch co-op thing where like each of you can just control one of them. Oh, that's um, cool. Um, I didn't even know that. You are playing as a rock band trying to take over the city from, uh, from the evil... EDM Empire, who is holding everyone back and uh, and not allowing rock to survive under them. And it's it's mostly bosses. They kind of have like little level sections heading up to it. Um, but you're playing through these bosses that are all... They're action games. You're not locked to a tempo, but all the attacks and everything come out on the beat. Um, to the point where some of them, okay. some of them don't even. Most of like the enemies leading up to a boss or whatever, like the little those short sections, you can see like an anticipation or whatever. But some of the boss attacks will just come out, and you should know about it because you're listening to the music um, going on there. This because is a play with headphones which, one. <laughs> yeah, this is a sort of play with headphones one. Um, it kind of sounds a little bit like Scott Pilgrim, in terms of like. Going up after boss versus boss, yeah, a little bit. It's similar. Oh, it's very... like the actual like the the film and comics. I was like, no, I think that was a beat 'em up. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 the film and comics for sure. Yeah, I probably yeah. have that game on the brain because they released the the artwork for the re release today. Mm -hmm. Okay. The uh, um, the I mean, you, from from the premise, you can kind of tell that they're doing an interesting take on like what should be allowed to survive like culturally sort of a take which mm. you know instead of being obviously it goes more places than just rock versus edm by the time everything's said and done but um a everything feels super tight plays plays wonderfully it's it makes it makes playing on the beat feel really good even though you're not like locked to it it just like like it's an, it's another one where you feel like you're in control um, some of like the parry timings are like really tight, but, um, 
you can loosen those up. Like it's got an option to make the parry timings easier. Um, which like if you're playing on, you know, leg your hardware or whatever, but, um, sorry, I got completely derailed there. Uh, talking about the gameplay. Um, we still respect you, but it, it's don't, it's doing a ton of really cool things with, um, the multicultural aspects of the game itself. Um, there are dozens of different accents and dialects that are spoken through this game. There's more than one language spoken through there. Cause one of the main characters brother are, you know, they speak English and also, and I meant to look this up. Fuck. Um, they also speak another language. Um, which I That's will look tight. up, but since they I'll, grew, you can keep talking, I'll look that up for you. Yeah, but since yeah. they grew up speaking that language, in the sections between them, like where one of the main characters is talking to his brother, they'll like slip into it. Like there'll be English here and there, and then like just a sentence from another language. Because that's kind of that's the way they would have thought about it. The thought occurred to that's them in this cool language, they'll creative. just they'll say that to each other. Um yeah. and it's it it feels really natural that they this just the world that they've ended up making. Um okay. because of that. Um I I have a question for you because like hearing this it's really fascinating to me. Um you guys know how much I love music. Um how much I love rock music in as well. Do they kind of explore you're talking about they introduce like different cultures and uh different dialects, different languages. Do they at all explore like what rock culture was like in its heyday? And how it's being taken over EDM culture in its heyday, like both the positives and negatives that come along with that. For example, um, EDM is often associated with people dropping a lot of party drugs, for example, or rock and roll is largely about, you know, picking up chicks and things like that. Is, is that something they're exploring not, in the game or is that not, not much depth. of the focal point? Um, like they hit on it, not, not, not like not the drugs part, but as far as like the different cultures. Um, you're going up against the different EDM, um, leaders of the city who are all like kind of models up, modeled off of different styles. Like the first one is like just the traditional, um, Euro, uh, like dance music, um, EDM. And then the next one is like a, uh, like a J-pop EDM idol, um, okay. who is, who is not a real, not a real person. It's, it's, um, you know, like a Vocaloid style thing and they've got oh, the, okay. the yeah, mechanics yeah, yeah. of the fight kind of show that where you're yeah. not just fighting that character, you've got to fight their animator and, uh, you know, like their designer and like all the different people who are actually controlling this character, um, which is really neat. Um, and then, like, That's because so cool. of that, each of the bosses, um, they do it. I mean, like, everything has an adaptive soundtrack at this point, but um, you're fighting the bosses to their music, essentially. But depending on, like, who's winning at the stage of the fight, it'll, like, swing from being more pure EDM to, like, having it's the same song, but done in, like, a rock style um, mm-hmm. with kind of, like, a. It it looks like a guitar hero meter, like you know, like how much you're rocking at a given time, sort of a thing, um, in each part of the fight, which is 
it, it, it leads to some really satisfying things. Um, it yeah. sounds really fascinating. Josh, it sorry. Like they could uh, I didn't want to interrupt a lot too of much. Different ways. Um, sorry, but ahead, I, I just wanted to interject real quick because uh, that thing I told Josh I would look up, yeah. it turns out it's really hard to get that information without all the narrative beats to extrapolate yeah, the important parts. I sure, sorry, I should have told you his name was DK West. Okay, is, is his, okay. Um, That'll probably help some. his brother's name. Um, but yeah, their their whole deal is that they're, you know, obviously they're brothers, but they've kind of had a falling out. And each time you meet back up with them, they have a rap battle. Um, okay. So it's like, it, it, I don't know, it's, it's got a lot of moving parts going to it yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, it sounds really fascinating, though. But and like, like it's, the art style lends itself to that as well. Yeah, it's it's not it's not the it's not the longest game, but it's kind of meant to be played as like um, mastering these fights because you will after after you fight uh, any of the bosses, uh, you'll unlock the hard mode for them. Okay, so you can go back and play the boss again and like have you know. You'll be taking more damage from anything that you're not avoiding. It just kind of makes everything much more intense. Right. Uh, it's so, it's know, a sort of game of, you kind of want to go through again and again, sort of a feel I was just going to ask that because we were just talking about how in Meat Boy Forever we didn't really feel compelled to go back and do certain levels and stuff like that. With this game, do you feel compelled to like go back and do those hard modes or to really master these bosses? Yes. And, uh, from, like, from, like mechanically and from, again, the music is great in the game. Um, so it's just, it's fun to go back and hear the songs again. Um, but also there's, there's so much more meat narratively here that, uh, it's satisfying just to go through once. Like, it's not something that if you're not going in and milking it for everything it's worth, it feels like it's thin. Like it still feels like there's, there's enough there for like a single playthrough to be satisfying. Okay. That's cool, man. Like, yeah, yeah, your your description of it makes me actually want to kind of check it out. But um, you you've beaten the game now. Would you recommend it in general to like the average person, or is this someone who a game for someone who's more a fan of like indie titles? Um, hmm. I think I'd recommend it to most people. Um, I I I kind of mentioned this briefly earlier. But like, as far as like the way the like the parry timing and stuff works, where it's a lot of times not really much telling you when th- something's gonna actually hit if you don't have rhythm. Um, this is gonna be a tough game if you're not so inclined. Um, like, I I think if you're a rhythm game sort of person, this is one hundred percent gonna be up your alley. It's not a rhythm game per se, but it's doing so much stuff that requires that sort of knowledge. Patience, patience as well, probably. Um, eh, I mean, not, not, not so much. Um, some, some of the, like the last boss is, uh, that one was kind of a little difficult cause it was more, um, that one had a mechanic that was significantly harder to figure out how you even damage the boss sort of a sort of a deal and that mm-hmm. one kind of went on for a while trying to learn it um right but i think i think for the most part you can you could probably force your way through there if you didn't know the timings but it's not going to be enjoyable in the same way okay okay well there you guys have it the game that is not called 
old straight roads, but it's actually called no straight roads. And, and, and I do have to apologize that I uh, apparently is still really hard for me to locate that information about that character. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like it's not mentioned at any point, like what the language is. It's just yeah. it's just a part of the character, which I thought. Uh, yeah, was and cool, I, I'm sure it, but, it, maybe it is more obvious than I'm thinking, but I, I wanted to find out for people. But it is really hard to find that information on the Internet, apparently. Apparently, yeah. Especially because when you're like, I'm like, well, let me see uh, things about those, those voice actors and languages. And when you look that up, it's like, no, there's like four voice actors that are clearly just the people who did the VO for X languages in yeah, whatever country. It, exactly. It makes it hard to look up whenever, you know, they've redone the thing with yeah. different voice actors speaking a bunch of other different languages. Yeah, it's hard to search. Yeah. Well, there you go. No straight roads. If you like rhythm games, you like watching rock and roll, trying to slip back out of the uh, underworld and make it to the forefront of people's music minds again, this game's for you. But we have one final game to talk about that Josh played. It is called Monsters Expedition. I have not heard anything about this game. I know nothing. I just so love Josh, the uh, the screenshots Josh had been sending yeah. us, oh. is all I wanted to say. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Other than the screenshots, I know nothing. So please tell us about this game, Josh. Okay, this what have is you one been sending that I, us screenshots for? I have been sending screenshots of... Uh, okay, all right. Um, this is one that I actually had not seen, not something I was looking forward to until I was looking at, like, end of the year like what what games have had great music this year i'm sure i missed something because i always do and then like i'll go through and find a soundtrack to something i didn't even play that's amazing um and i saw a recommendation from rich vreeland who is disaster piece uh nice if you are not in the know but where he was talking about how great the music was in a monster's expedition um and so i'm like okay like it's a puzzle game that apparently has great music that sounds like my sort of thing let's go find out what the heck this is yeah. um and it is an open world puzzle game with like a really relaxing chill piano soundtrack um okay where you are playing as a monster like um visiting this museum that is like all built on different random islands scattered through this archipelago for whatever reason, who knows they're monsters, but it's a museum of human artifacts, um, that we've left behind. Um, and so it has whatever their that makes archaeologists the and anthropologists have, have tried to sense. figure out all these objects are. And so it's got like little plaques below each of them and it's got weird stuff like uh, primitive toddler uh, weaponry and it's, it's okay. And it's Lego bricks. That was Um, one of the ones that I, I, the screenshot you sent us that was, I was like, that's pretty great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds Um, awesome. But it's, it's a block pushing style puzzle, which, um, has been done to death, but it's got an interesting take on this one. It's kind of oddly enough, they they made a bundle with this with um, a Monsters Expedition, uh, Steven Sausage Roll, and uh, Baba is You, 
that's just Baba's Sausage Expedition, where you can get all the games cheaper. That is current. It looks like it's still out there. It's just a bundle that they decided to put together with three of the best puzzle games to come out recently. Um, cool. It's a similar sort of you push things. That's just that's the puzzle. Uh, this one's got an interesting mechanic where, well, not mechanic, but like it's it's stuff we've seen before, but like different takes on it. Um, you are pushing logs. Um, so whether you are pushing them lengthwise or rolling them will depend on how they move. So you kind of have to take that into your thought process while figuring out how to position something, whether it's like essentially like in one direction when you're pushing something, it will be a normal, I'm going to push a block one space and then in another direction it'll be like it's an icy block and so it's kind of all the puzzles are mixing both of those together at all times because of that um right which kind of it leads to interesting like uh trying to figure out how to position something where you want um okay sort of puzzles like you've said it's kind of a lot of environmental puzzling. A lot of environmental sense. puzzles, but also because it's open world, you're trying to get from island to island. Um you have to figure out Sometimes you have to figure out what the puzzle is cuz you'll get somewhere and be like, "Okay, where do I want to go from here?" and that'll be In some cases, most of the puzzle, like, okay, what do I even want to do here with the tools they're giving me? Not so much, like, um, how do I do it, but, like... um, What do I do? What do I even do here? Um, Yeah. And they kind of, they do a really good job of... You've got the same tools from start to finish. You just push things. Like, like nothing really changes, but what you can do with that toolkit, they they do a really good job of, even though it's open world, um, leading you towards the solutions of like learning new ways that you can do something with that tool set. Um, okay. It's really interesting to hear about that. And my, my first question that's popped up so far is, is there a narrative purpose to have this game open world or is it, just for world building's sake that they have made it this vast world um to give you unique kind of puzzles um well in in a lot of ways it's not narrative so much i mean other than it being oh you're in a museum of course you can wander around wherever you want to go in this monster museum um with all these human artifacts like they're of course you're not they're not going to make you go through the whole thing from one end to the other like a piggly wiggly uh you're in an you know, upscale, classy museum here. Um, right. They're not going to rope you in. Um, so I guess it's the narrative thread, but I think it's much more of a gameplay thing because in a lot of the much more complicated puzzles, um, you'll have to figure out, for for the most part, a puzzle will be on an island. Okay, I want to get here. I'll figure, I have to figure out how it's going. And in some of the much more complicated ones near the end, you'll have to figure out, like, on a scale of several islands, how to do something that, like, each of them have their own puzzle. So you need to figure out how to do this. But, like, maybe there's a different way. Like, okay, if instead of 
getting to this island from over here, I kind of come at it from this angle, then I can do this other puzzle in a different way in order to get somewhere else that if you came to the island from the wrong spot, you just, you can't do. Um, so that'll okay. be complicated. There's like additional complications to solving the puzzle based off of everything around it. Okay. Interesting. How far have you made it into the game so far? Have I have finished it. I have finished the game and have gone back trying to collect. Um, they've got like, well, not really collecting, but like seeing all the exhibits. Um, so I want, okay. I want to solve all the puzzles and see the rest of these exhibits. Um, because there's still a lot that I've not been to explored. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Wow. So you must've really loved this game. And it, obviously it was kind of d- shown to us by all the screen grabs you were sending us. Like I didn't, I didn't understand half of what those meant or what was going on, but they were the, the humor in this seems very, very whimsical, which I like. I'm always a fan of that kind of humor. Yeah, the writing seemed to really be, like, strike a chord with me, which was, like, I'm, like, especially now with the context of you telling me what the game is, I'm, like, okay, all those screenshots make a lot more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're very, they're very silly, and it's, like, I don't know, like, I feel like humor is a really good reward for a puzzle game like this, just because it's a sort of shock to your brain that you need after thinking way too logically about something stupid like trying to figure out how to roll a log like it's you're having to think overly logically about really a fairly stupid thing and then getting a joke as a reward for that i feel like just it works like it's it's kind of it's it's the right hit to go along with that um and i i think it worked pretty well thematically because of that yeah yeah it's the the when a game can in, effectively integrate humor, especially something like a puzzle game, it'll definitely make some of those more difficult aspects of, um, especially a puzzle game, that much less, not offensive but annoying. Maybe be the right word. Not to say this because uh, I wouldn't know that this game has difficult puzzles, but especially if it can be rewarding too. Um, I think that's obviously talking about Meat Boy so much today why we like the original so much and it's really cool that they've been able to kind of infuse a level of humor that is engaging throughout the entire game not just hit or miss if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah well cool man that sounds like a lot of fun and that definitely sounds like a josh game for sure it very much was i just i hadn't heard about it until i was just randomly saw the recommendation and and i year. just pop to take a quick look at the steam page while you were talking before and uh i I really do like the look of it as well which is uh i mean it it it, not exactly anything special but it's just got a charming look to it yeah yep yeah it definitely does it looks yeah it looks cute as fuck um they should put that on the box (laughs) cute (laughs) as fuck but i was gonna say slapping sword chomp quotes on the back of game boxes just seems like the right move in terms of great quotes I think so. I think we got some good takes here. Are mm-hmm. there any other games that we need to discuss before we take off? I don't think so. I had, I played a couple other things, but I was talking to Rich, and it, it's it's stuff that we were going to talk about together. Uh, which did you guys this, already talk about the unless, Pathless? Yeah, I was going to say since Morgan is back, it seems like you did want to talk about the Pathless. Yeah, the Pathless. I was going to talk. Yes, 
Yeah, you gotta turn your games <clears throat> off first, Morgan, so we can talk about it. I mean, it's been it's been a pretty long show, so if you want, Josh, we could save the pathless for. Well, it's gonna be a month. Like, uh, uh, that's true. Like, <laughs> that's the thing to think about. Um, yeah, I just had the pathless and Hades on mine too. I asked Josh, I was like, "Hey, is there something that you want to uh, that you wanted me to look into? Maybe this year that might be coming up. Who knows?" Because last year I was like. Josh kind of blindsided me with a uh, later alligator and the outer wild. So I was like, is there anything that I yeah. need to be aware of this year? Uh, Those both kind of came up late though. So it kind of, <clears throat> I love, um, the but yeah, wild so, so I was, much. uh, we, the pathless is an interesting game because it's from giant squid studios who made Abzu, which is one of my favorite games. And they have a lot of people on there that made a uh, journey as well. But this is sort of like, this game is kind of flying under the radar. I think it, Unfortunately, got released at kind of a weird time because um, it launched technically with the PlayStation Five, but you know, there's everyone when the PlayStation Five launched, everyone's talking about you know Spider Man and Demon Souls and all this other stuff, and uh, this and it didn't get nominated for any like it couldn't get any extra awards for a smaller game because it didn't really get nominated or win anything at the Game Awards. Kind of fell at a weird time, um, but it's uh it's like an open it's the Abzu team is basically they're making kind of an open world style game, but they're keeping the core sort of tenets of what makes giant squid games, giant squid games. So it's not like a traditional mm-hmm. open world game per se. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that struck me initially is that there's all these little floating diamonds in the world. And I was like, what the hell? Uh, and those are actually markers that you shoot with your bow. And as you shoot them, you gain momentum and energy and you move more quickly like Josh was talking about before. But if you shoot a bunch of them and you hold, I think it's L2, you basically can glide across the grass in the world as if the grass was like ice. So you can slide around. If you, the game has, like, if you get a nice little flow going with the game, um, there's giant swaths of open world that initially you'd be like, oh, this is kind of boring. There's nothing to do here. But the purpose of that is to just sort of slide around from puzzle to puzzle. Um, it has kind yeah. of a glidey feel to it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, the momentum in the game, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's not really like Spider-Man, but it's got a similar sort of feeling of like, I want to yeah. get there. How am I going to get there? And, and just Flow. getting there feels good because of (laughs) the way the movement is handled where it's just like okay i see one of those talismans over here i'm gonna go shoot that and then head to this one and try to keep up my momentum to be able to instead of ever getting bogged down and just kind of slowly trudging over there i want to i want to keep flying to get somewhere that i'm looking at um yeah and then and usually I'm not super far into the game only a few hours but once i got to the intro area and the game is sort of like a kind of spiritual kind of vibe, much like Abzu, like kind of peaceful, but obviously there's some, some shit has gone down in this place. Um, but there's like sort of a vibe to the way the music flows. It's an Austin wintry joint, of course, um, who also did the soundtracks for journey and Abzu. And yeah, it's a very quiet meditative game. There's been a little, actually a little more dialogue than I expected, especially like when the big bad showed up kind of a thing. But like generally speaking, it's much like Abzu and journey. It's, it's a very quiet sort of experience. Yeah. You Um, get, you get little story beats between you and the big bad right before each boss. Uh, or, or I think heading into the, like heading into the new zones, sort of a, um, a deal. 
but most of the story here is kind of um, told off of uh, like you can you can see the spirits of anyone who died in the area and like kind of go get their final thought um, and you get so a lot of a lot of these like okay a battle happened here this person was thinking this this person was and kind of yeah. get the idea of like why were they fighting this um, and get the story that way um, as well as they'll have like tablets that you can read that were left there by yeah by your ancestors. Um, My ancestors are smiling at me, Imperial. It's, it's mm-hmm. not an open world game with like monsters and creatures. It's basically completely empty. But like you go to like little spots in the world where you can like solve little. There's like basically like little puzzles that I've seen kind of everywhere. I just yeah. did this one that was pretty interesting where I had to shoot an arrow through like these four it was like some sort of temple and the arrow trajectory in this game is a very sort of unique uh feel and flow to it but basically i had to line up these puzzles to where i was shooting an arrow through these four cylinders and it was one of the cool things about the game that i noticed was that i was like well i think that's what i'm supposed to do but there's no way the arrow goes that far but yeah it does it like it did (laughs) yeah it's got it's got a weird sort of like lock-on thing like if you're in the right spot you're just in the right spot um and i think i think to make it a little bit more forgiving as far as like well no not just that a it's a little more forgiving to make sure that you know you don't miss something because you're just barely out of alignment it's like it'll kind of lock on but also they've got this weird sort of like skipping mechanic, like where you can like bounce, skip it. Like you're skipping a rock over the top of some torches or something. It's like weird. Yeah. Stuff. Um, which it doesn't seem like that's what an arrow is supposed to do. But then once like you see it, you kind of get the idea. Once you get used okay, to it, like, okay, I, this, yeah. this will work. I can, I can kind of see it from now on. And, and you, yeah, you can like float and you have a bird that can pick up stuff and carry it around with you. You have like a little bird. That, I think the one thing that probably works against this game a little bit is that like, like once I picked it up, I was like, "Oh, this is this this game has a nice feel to it. I'm really enjoying it." But like at first blush, it's you know, Abzu was underwater and very very beautiful, and Journey was like the sand thing. And this game at first look just kind of looks like a foresty world, and and you know, you see the character with a bow and a bird. Never seen that before in a game. A hero with a bow and a, yeah, how crazy and a bird that yeah. sits in their arms. Well, so like it just comes off kind of generic. But like once you play it, you're like, okay, like the gameplay and feels really nice well, here. And I mean. To, to be totally fair, Morgan, um, and my my only experiences with this game are stuff I have played at PAX, um, this uh, past year, uh, which is crazy to think twenty twenty is this past year at this point, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like uh, like like you were saying before, I just wanted to clarify like a statement you had specifically made, Morgan, to be like it's an open world, but it's empty. But I, I think based on the impressions I got from this game, I think that's kind of the point in the style of thinking these are the people that made Abzu of, like, this game is a lot about the artistic sort of expression it's trying to get across. Well, that, and also, if you're fairly early on, it has a starting area that is very straightforward as far as um, how it handles the intro to to give you the bow, to give you the bird that you're like, to just just to yeah. introduce the game and the story they're telling, because this one has a more straightforward story than Abzu, as far as like there, there's still a narrative that's like kind of 
Mm-hmm. It's less evolving. like sort of vague and mysterious. It's more yeah. like okay. the, the vague and mysterious bad stuff guy doing is bad also things. there, but it's like it's the backstory. But like th- there's still yeah. a okay. narrative there. Um, because it was one of those things where when I played the demo at PAX, like it was developers in my ear being like, "All right, before I put this headset on you, here's the stuff you need to know." It's like, yeah, yeah, and like, I think that's probably it. I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing they wouldn't put you in that first section because it's a little limiting. Um, actually, I was not a huge fan of the intro as well, um, just because y- you you don't have all the speed and everything to to move through it at first. You're seeing, and I think it's intentional because they're trying to show you the scale of this world while you're walking because you will never walk again once you can't or like once you have the option. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think part of it was just kind of giving that that feeling at the beginning, but it, it's it's a little it's slow. Um, and then once you get but, into the game yeah, did, proper, it's just it's like okay, there's a thing there. I want to. It's. Um, I didn't mean a, it. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I've I've Go seen ahead. like a ton of comparisons to Breath of the Wild that I don't think are great, <clears> other <throat> than the exploration feeling, like not 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 mechanically. Is I was gonna like say it, mechanically, like, it didn't give me that at all. But like exploration wise, it's if you see something interesting go to it like there's probably something interesting there like it's it's there's something it, worthwhile it, yeah like there's yeah. something worth like if it looks interesting to you it's probably worth it probably going to check out yeah um, yeah it does feel like they were probably very influenced by something like that but they wanted to make a much smaller scale um it doesn't yeah the open world isn't necessarily it's not bad empty it's just like different than what you'd expect and but it makes sense if you're if you're familiar with giant squid and and like the games they make and also it's not really all that empty like it'll look empty at first and but like there's stuff everywhere it's just it's the sort of thing that like oh this is inconsequence inconsequential set dressing through through an area whereas there's there's stuff going on in most of this uh, yeah. With the exception being in most of the zones, there's kind of like a field area near the middle, which is mm-hmm. used for the boss fight, or, yes. or or the beginning of the boss fight, because um, like they're all in a couple stages. Like you have to <clears throat> chase them down and like wound them before they'll finally fight you. Fight you. Um, which feels really good because that's uh, that's kind of forcing you to do the uh, that traversal that we were kind of talking about is more it's optional when you're doing the rest of it, but it, it's the best way to move around the areas. It's if you want to catch up to them, you've got to move uh, to be able sure. to keep up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like that little area, kind of like around the center of each zone is a little on the empty side in uh in most of those areas. It's, it's not a bad thing. Like it's just different. Like I, I think people freak out when they hear empty. I don't. I mean I enjoyed riding on my horse for forty five minutes from place to place in Red Dead, so I'm probably not mm-hmm. the person to talk to. But um I it's empty in a way that is it's just not cluttered. It's just a different kind of open yeah. world. And uh but yeah but 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 you will see these little markers everywhere and at first you're like, oh, that's not very aesthetically pleasing. But then you're like, oh, wait, I can shoot these with a bow and glide around the world like uh, like it's made of ice or whatever. And it's a really cool – it's a very unique feel to it. It's I, it's almost like they 
were like playing the sliding part in Journey where you slide down, you know, the sand and they're like, like what if you could do fun. this everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> what if this yeah. were the whole game? <laughs> yeah. And it, it is very much slide. like that. Um, but you have to earn it. You have to actually aim and shoot um, all these little mm-hmm. things. So it's not like an yeah, automatic. No, that's, that, that's cool, though. Like it, it gives you an incentive to be like, hey, here's like the satisfying reward for doing the thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and one yeah. interesting thing that like I managed to get a platinum before I got there. So I've not tried it. I don't know if there's like a story reason to do so or if there's going to be like a hard lock at the end that's going to prevent me from doing it. But because of the way that movement is so free and will kind of allow you to move the way you want to, you can skip the bosses. You can move from mm-hmm. like, you'll, you'll get to the, like a plateau area and there will be a boss at the end of it. And once you do that, it'll open up a really ridiculously easy to get to the next area. Or you can just try to go to the next area on your own. If you want to try to find a way to get there, um, which you can do. Um, I think all the way to the end, uh, there may be like one hard stop. It seemed like they, they may have put something near the end to kind of like stop you from, you know, going to fight the last boss without having fought all the other ones, which kind of narratively they'd have to write something new there. And it seems like maybe, maybe it is just, you're blocked out of doing that. But again, like that, that sort of if something looks interesting, you can go do it sort of a feeling, even if it's sequence breaking, they'll let you do that in a game. Hey, you see that mountain? Yeah. You can go there. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And sometimes there's just little tiny puzzles in the world that are, are fun to solve Mm -hmm. because so far it's like the game uses very simple mechanics, but they try to find, you know, very clever ways to like, you have these three things, but how can you try to solve this weird, um, puzzle? So yeah, it feels very much like a Josh game for sure. Um, and it's definitely like the most gameplay game that they've had. If you consider Journey basically the same kind of thing, like mm-hmm. this feels more like a video game, video game, you know, like you have a bow and the way you move around and and I, the, the fact that it's more open worldy, like definitely feels like the closest thing they've made to a traditional game, um, which is interesting. Yeah. Like it's but, still very but, much their own thing, but like I'm again, we we mentioned this earlier in relationship to something else, but like there, there's nothing wrong with giving you space in an area. And like this in a lot of, in a lot of ways feels like some sort of hybrid between journey and like shadow of the Colossus, as far as like, you're going to fight these four bosses and mm-hmm. you've got all the space to do other stuff. Um, there's way yeah. more to figure out. Like as far as like, backstory like lore and stuff you can find around there's just there's way more stuff scattered um but it's the same sort of the only thing you need to do is go fight the boss sort of a sort of a thing um yeah i love i love all of that and i love the design a lot i i don't the world itself to me is not as interesting as some of their other worlds i found the worlds of abzu and, and journey more captivating ironically but like the fabric of this game they have in place yeah. is really cool. Um, like when you talk to those little people and they have like a very short little thing to say, yeah. and uh, they're called yeah. toads. It's a it's a very <laughs> it's like a meditative. Yeah, I, oddly enough, I think um, that's the word of the day, meditative. Well, I, I think I think the I think the world is about as interesting as those others. Like once you get all of it, like once you search out all these extra 
Pieces is it not all foresty? Is there like other areas that no, like, like they're are all like... different. You go from like a forest area to a plateau, um, to like these high mountains, um, to essentially like a tundra area. Um, they've got a lot of different stuff to them, but I like uh, again, cool, I feel then. like it's designed around being there a long time and kind of taking a while to to see everything. Whereas on a, like Journey, you can play through in two hours, I think. Um, yeah, so yeah that sounds fair. It's just it's so right. much more condensed as far this is as like, like a ten hour game ish thing. Yeah, at least. Um, if and you're, if, well, not, it depends if you're going for everything. But like, there's there's a there's a ton more. Like, even if you know where everything is and you're going through and collecting all the things in Abzu or Journey, they're just they're way shorter. This is just the world is bigger. It, it's it it takes a lot longer to go through the game. Um, which can yeah. kind of, especially at the beginning, can make it feel like, okay, I've seen this for a long time. Like, show me something new. Um, if you're, yeah. if if yeah. that's, if you're that that sort of gamer, like I, I need to see something new to continually move on. I, I think it's just important people know that it's a puzzle game because to me it feels more. It definitely like I don't hate that aspect about it like i wanted to play it for that reason because i knew you you were really interested in it but um like puzzle games are kind of tough for me because i do i spend all this time on a puzzle and i figure it out and i'm like all right who now now who can i fuck or who can i kill um so i say that in jest but the point is that like it's like puzzle after puzzle after puzzle after so Um, far at least and they're and they're really clever and well done but it's like mentally taxing not not strictly um are the boss fights pretty good? I haven't actually seen the boss, a boss, fights, boss fight. Yeah, the boss fights are very good. Um, some of the harder one, some of the later ones get fairly hard, and um, so you'll kind of end up replaying the same bit several times. Which, you know, hard for you. It means they're going to be really hard for me. Well, they're not really a puzzle. Well, puzzle aspects of it, but there's there's a whole lot more. Is like, it trial and error kind of a thing? Do you think? Uh. I, there was only one spot where I, it kind of took me a couple times to figure something out. They're they're way more action oriented. They're not they're not really the puzzle parts of the game. Um, and also with that whole, it's a puzzle game. They have way more collectibles than you need to actually get to the boss in each oh, area. Yeah. So if there's like a type you don't like, you generally can just not do it. Um, because you got the some, platinum, you said, right? Yeah, because some of the some of the puzzles will be like traditional puzzles, like how, all right, I've got to flip this switch and go here and shoot a thing, um, and some of the other ones will be like more platforming type challenges, like okay, you can't use your bird in this section, so you can't glide. You've got to figure out how to jump from somewhere using the momentum boost that you get from shooting a talisman to like climb somewhere and whatnot. So there's there's a variety, and for the most part, you can. If there's something you really, it's not your thing. You can still collect uh, enough to move on without having to do all of them. That's cool. That I like that stuff in games where it's like get everything if you want to. Mm-hmm. Platinum Hunter Josh, look at you. There you go, turning over a new leaf. Well, I've <laughs> I've accidentally gotten like two platinums in the last little bit just because the games have been so good that. Like I accidentally got. Oh, the you pathless and Godfall. So the two platinums. Yeah. No, no one plays Godfall. 
But the Pathless um, Bug yeah. Snacks. Actually, now that I think about it, I think there was a third one. I think there was something on Steam. You got the Bug Snacks Platinum? Wow, that's hardcore. Oh yeah, had to I had to catch them all. I finished it with my wife, but we did not. I did not get the platinum. Yeah, I didn't expect some, the ending to be very tough. Mass Effect Two esque. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Pat, the Pathless is it's pretty cool. Um, it just seems like nobody. It just seems like the awareness is not great for that game for whatever reason. I feel like it's a victim of timing. Yeah, but. yeah, I think like I. It's on PS4, but I think it was pushed more as like a PS5 game, which no one has. And then also on PC, it's only on Epic. So I think it's just kind of getting hurt on kind of like on both ends there a little bit. Oh, just Epic. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's kind of cra- crazy though. to hear you say that you think it was pushed. Both of you say you think it was pushed more as a PS5 game because that is the last thing I think of this game as. Hmm. What do you think of it as? Just curious. I think of it as a PC game in terms of what they were showing off at yeah. um, at PAX. Yeah, like I played it on PC, yeah. but like I played it on Epic. But again, it's it's on Epic, which is still guess, nowhere near but, the user base. That doesn't. Is, yeah, I, I guess I just I I feel like you more so than I still have that mentality that like well when I think, when I think it's think more people, just like. I, I just don't hear think anybody. Of, no one recommends something. Oh, this is on I, Epic. I guess, but that's so shitty. I don't think of the Epic Store as this fucking hurdle that everyone seems to think of it as. No, it's it's really not. But like, as far as like whether it's going to be talked about, like I guess it might no. Be it just becomes just like, said... oh no, I need to install a separate launcher that isn't Steam. Well, is I'm not saying that's what you're saying, Josh, but like that's the way I, I feel I, like I a just, lot of people as, think, as the explanation yeah, the for why it's think, not getting yeah. talked about. Yeah, no, no, I don't disagree with people thinking that way. It just it seems like so. Like I roll my eyes at that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Well, it's tough because I also roll my eyes, but and but then I also understand that sometimes people are like, "Good God, how many fucking things do I need to download?" You no, know I mean? I don't like yeah, cause sympathize with that one, at all. Two, though three, I think four, anyone five, who thinks that way yeah. is a fucking fuckwit. Well, I've got it, I've got fuckwit. Eight, you say eight launchers, eight different game launchers. Looking I have over two. here, there's Steam rocket launcher, grenade and launcher, epic. plasma launcher. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you, but I, th- I think that if you want something bad enough, you will get it wherever it's at. And I think the if yeah, you're but you're not going to get word of mouth if you have to badly. Want that's what something. I'm saying. Yeah. If with something that's a little more borderline and and harder to get to, you want more exposure. You want that front page of Steam. You know, you want if you can get those things. But anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a cool game. It's a cool game, um, for sure, for sure. The Platinum Hunter Josh, proud of you. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I, and I just wanted to wrap it up by saying, wrap up this lengthy show because we'll be back in a month. That I did finish Hades finally. All right. Uh, I am predicting because I know how other people here vote that this will probably end up being our game of the year. But um, so book it, and then I want to win them a lot of money if I'm right. Hades game of the year. I think uh, we've said that verbatim to you several times already. Well, some people here may be throwing their feet down on other games I'm not happy about. But um, as far as Hades goes, in my opinion, being reasonable. Games, he says. Um, I do think Hades is, is a great, is the gameplay loop is very, very addictive. And very, very, the gameplay is very, very polished. I do think the game is probably a bit too frustrating, but that's maybe a conversation we can have. I guess if you're bad at games. How, 
it me and Shay were talking about this yesterday. It took us thirty hours to beat it one time. Oh wow. Thirty. Um, that's crazy. Oh, you're gonna make fun of me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like I'm not gonna crap on you for being It was a fun thirty hours. Games, Don't get me wrong. Like, like if you think the game is hard, like after if you're if you already notice, like, okay, I know I'm gonna get frustrated dying this often. It's got one of the best accessibility modes I've seen on there with their with their god well, mode that just no I know I well, try to like slowly slowly shaves off difficulty to make progress. Oh, it's great! Yeah, yeah, more. I more tried to drop, but here's thing the thing: eventually, I felt guilty. I felt guilty mm. using the accessibility. Well, that sounds like I, it sounds like you have your own hangups. I do. Did you? Is that what you did, Rich? What did you beat it with, no, Rich? Do you I remember the combination it. you finished it with the first time? I do not. So, do how many runs would you say it took you to beat it the first time, Rich? Roughly, would you say? I have say? no fucking idea. Just a guesstimate. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. So it's such it's a ridiculous be... thing for you to be hung up on, in my opinion. Also, <laughs> it's probably impossible to tell with us because you you played in the beta is, or the early access yeah, as well, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Like so, I played the beginning of the game. I don't know how many times before wow, it was even an option yeah, to, to beat the game. So. Um, I, I think for I'm, me, the part I'm, I'm that's frustrating is... I'm never going to have a good is, estimate as far as, like, yeah, not at all. Just because I, I, I played the beginning. Hun- hundreds. Yeah. I It's tough because you can really rationalize it both ways. You could say, hey, you know, I felt Zagreus's pain trying to get out of that goddamn place for 30 hours, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you could rationalize it both ways, depending on what your perspective is, I think. Yeah. Um, and also... there's Sorry, I, was, I wanted to go back to the early access thing. If, like us, you beat the first zone... And that was literally all the game that was done. It probably feels a little more complete of a feeling than oh, I got yeah. I finished the first thing and then immediately got to the next zone and then died. Um, so it probably it's changes what, the like, way the progression it, it, feels a little bit. I, I I have a thought about that. Like the the first time I was like, oh, there are bosses in here, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I. It's just like for me. The thing that I was most frustrated with is that I did end up taking the advice, Josh, that you gave to Shay, which was to equip the the Lambent Plume and uh, the gloves. And then basically I could stand right in front of Hades and punch him to death and he didn't even touch me hardly because my dodge percentage was... Now you have to earn that by, you have to earn that by clearing those rooms very quickly. Um and it's very like satisfying to see those numbers stack. It's like it's like in Diablo when you'd see magic find stack slowly yeah. but surely. You're like, Ugh. but um, yeah. I mean, it's it's it was just like no matter what I tried, and I've been playing my games my whole life. It was very humbling for me. I could not break through. And the the little guy at the beginning of the game told me it took more than he's like it took you more than fifty times to beat the game. I was like, fuck you. you <laughs> Um, yeah, there is so much to learn in this game that, it, yeah, it can it can it can be quite quite the challenge. To, I uh, to I just would finally... get to Hades every time, and he would just wipe me for whatever reason. I could get to Hades very easily, but he would just wipe me every time. <sighs> painful, pain, very painful. Mm-hmm. So, but it, like I said, it's a it's a great game. It's a weird to think of it as a super giant game sometimes because it's so different than a lot of their other games but um and it has fishing so i like to do a lot of fishing on mm-hmm. my journey 
I catch all the fish. I caught I caught a fish. I caught a fish for the first time last night Fucking right around crazy. Cerberus. You're talking about the fishing that I've literally engaged with zero times in that game. Oh, <laughs> no, you're missing out, man. There's a you can catch fish in weird places too. Like I saw one for the first time by Cerberus, and it was called a Stonewall. It was like a rare fish you can catch there. Um, and they're, so they're like it's it's just like a nice little thing I like to have to break up. You know, the add a little bit more that the fishing in this game actually tricks me, and it's it like. It's one of the few games where I pull the trigger a little too early on. Yeah. I don't know if that's happened to you guys or not. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just trying, trying to... get used to it. Yeah, I'm just trying to do a filibuster here so Rich can't play his PS5. Is there anything else we could talk about? Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> Let uh, me talk about the first time I got a blowjob while I was playing a video game. Oh, this sounds Dude, You say, so I can play my PS5, like, I'm going to do that at all tonight. I feel like shit. I just want to go to oh. bed, man. <laughs> Well, that's more sad. Anyways, um, if you've hung along this long, Game of the Year starts next week, so do not miss it. Um, but yes, mercifully, we can get out of here. Um, thank you, Rich, for joining us with your sick self and your brand new PS5 in New York. Yeah, that's thank you, sick. man. Uh, Josh from Michigan, Shay from Japan, of course. I'm General Mountain Time in Montana, and good God, we past the four hour mark so god let's let make that sentence longer <laughs> oh i forgot something um you know when hades comes out on ps4 Actually, Rich, don't, don't do no, that too bad done recording's over <laughs>